Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line as we launch into another week of fun and excitement. It is Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Dot com. Lots to talk about tonight. Your calls are primary. The point of the show is you call about anything. But to start things out here tonight, uh, we get a little story here from our friend Terry over at Roadblock, or rather uh, Roadblock Revelations, also known as Checkpoint USA. We mentioned them actually, I think it was Saturday night show, uh, CheckpointUSA.org. Great website with some really useful and and enlightening video clips for you to watch of what exactly it's like when you go through one of these checkpoints, one of these uh, roving checkpoints that they have down in the southern, uh, I guess it's it's within about a 50-mile range from the southern border. They'll they'll even put them in 50 miles, so you think you're away from the border, and yet there they are popping up. Right, and he has been through many of these. Uh, Some of them rove, some of them are permanent installations. But either way, what you're dealing with is border security agents being very officious and demanding, uh, demanding to know what your citizenship is. Now, the way Terry handles this stuff is absolutely brilliant. Uh, what he does is he basically bats back every single question the bureaucrats have for him with another question, uh, which ties right into line with what some people have suggested, some activists have suggested, like the anti-terrorist from YouTube, suggesting that when you are asking questions, you are in the master role, and when you are answering questions, you are the servant. So it's very important to be cognizant of the idea of asking bureaucrats questions instead of answering their questions. And Terry from Checkpoint USA does a brilliant job of it. The two most frequent questions he asks are, am I being detained and am I free to go? And Ian, if I'm not mistaken, he asks those questions because they have a great deal to do with legal precedence and things like that. If he is, uh, they can't detain him without just cause. And so therefore, if he asks them, am I being detained... And they answer, yes, you're being detained. Mm-hmm. They will, in a court of law, lose the case if he were to bring it. Yeah, so yeah, that's I why guess he asked to... that first. And, of course, they do not answer that he's being detained. And then his next question is, of course, am I free to go? Right. And eventually, not right away, but eventually they usually let him go without having him answered their intrusive question. Now, to be fair, Terry from Checkpoint USA is a white dude. So if he were Hispanic, things might be a little different. But nonetheless, I I believe the principle of what he does is sound. Anyway, Terry has a few thoughts for us here. says, over the past several months, I have been criticized by many who prefer the, uh, the mere illusion of security over essential liberty. Specifically, my alleged failure to cooperate with the ch- suspicionless check, excuse me, suspicionless seizure of my person and effects at internal homeland security checkpoints has infuriated and befuddled those who believe in the omnipotent power of the state, and that, by definition, federal agents can do no wrong. Several who have criticized these videotaped encounters have erroneously stated that if I'm just if I just cooperated in the violation of my rights by armed federal agents who claim to be protecting me, I'd be on my way in a matter of seconds instead of receiving extra special protection for a prolonged period of time. And on its face, it sounds like it might be a legitimate point from his critics. Like, 
Why you got to be such a butthole, Terry? Why do you have to, you know, stick up for your rights and ask all those questions? Why can't you just say yes and move on? I wonder well, if they said that outside the Warsaw Ghetto as it was starting to be created. <laughs> well, yeah. The thing is, is that if a, if a German citizen had stood up for the Jews, um, then, well, likely they would have been gassed, too. However, um, you know, I mean, that's that's what you wish they would have done, and that's what he is doing here. Mm-hmm. He's standing up for people that can't stand up for themselves because... You know, I mean, he is a white guy, and he does get um, get moved along his way, and maybe it takes a little longer, but I think that it's I think it's worth it. I think it makes for a good video, and I think it shows people that uh, the government is being invasive here and, yeah. and stepping beyond its bounds. Um, but just remember that there, you know, when when it's not white people being stopped, when it's brown people being stopped. Things aren't near as nice. Yeah. Well, things aren't near as nice even if you are a white guy. In fact, he gives us uh, shares with us a letter he received recently that sort of lays all this out. But first, here is one of his critics. The critic says, 40 miles north is nothing. A human could walk 20 miles or more in a day. Most don't want to. That's why they get in cars and drive. The checkpoint is there to look for the 20 illegals jammed in the back of the vehicle. Okay, I get your point about having to answer questions about your citizenship as a free American. You and I both know if you'd said, I am a U.S. citizen, you'd have been through that checkpoint in a few seconds. Sure. I, I, I don't, I, you know, likely that's true. Like most of the time, that's true. Unfortunately, says Terry, the commenter makes several erroneous assumptions regarding the nature of these checkpoints. Specifically, he assumes they're limited in scope to checking immigration status. Ignoring the fact that it's never reasonable to seize individuals inside the country absent reasonable suspicion to begin with, the matter of the uh, the fact of the matter is that Homeland Security agents routinely use immigration checkpoints as a pretext to conduct far more intrusive dragnet operations. A few of the other uses include an emphasis on illegal narcotics and to prop up uh, to prop up the failed war on drugs, as well as the general search for felons, weapons, and terrorists. Case in point is a copy of a complaint reprinted below to Customs and Border Protection regarding the treatment of two Americans recently received at the hands of armed federal thugs at just such an internal Homeland Security checkpoint. Took place on September 27th of this year on Jamul, uh, Jamul, California's State Highway 94. Given that the individuals seized, detained, and searched cooperated with the initial stop by positively identifying themselves as U.S. citizens, one would think the seizure would have ended shortly thereafter. Instead, Department of Homeland Security agents used the opportunity as an excuse to illegally expand the scope of the seizure to search for drugs and other contraband in violation of several Supreme Court rulings. One such ruling was City of Annapolis versus Edmond, where, as here, drug dogs were used to sniff vehicles absent suspicion of wrongdoing. The text of the complaint was forwarded to me by the author and appears below. Here you go. Dear sirs, this was written to the Border Patrol. The U.S. Border Patrol, in my opinion, are un-American agents of an emerging police state who pull over and harass not just Mexicans but also native-born U.S. citizens at your totalitarian-style checkpoints. I should know as I was pulled over and illegally searched by your Border Patrol thugs on Saturday, the 27th of September, at your checkpoint in San Diego and Freeway 94. What I experienced is that San Diego assigned Border Patrol officers via, via, via Lobos, Ward, Kennedy, and a short blonde female officer are illegally, in my opinion, popping open people's car trunks on Freeway 94 by scaring and bullying people into giving consent to search the vehicles. Now, that sounds about right, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Sounds about what police have been trained to do, mm-hmm. is scare the crap out of the, the occupants of a car and then force a search on them. Get them to say yes if you can, 
but search anyway. We just had a few of our guys here in New Hampshire, a few activists in New Hampshire were coming back from a, a party, and they were pulled over, and the cop began illegally searching, even when he was told to stop. He was never given permission to search in the first place, and he was told to stop, and he didn't stop. So it happens everywhere, not just at the border. This is typical police behavior. They're trained to intimidate, and they're trained to search as many gullible people as they possibly can. These officers gave me and other motorists an offer we could not refuse at their checkpoint stop. Either we give consent for them to search our cars and trunks, or else we're pulled over to the side of the freeway where we have to sit on a bench and be stared at and humiliated in front of all the other motorists passing by while your agents verbally work us over. It's like the TSA mindset, except it's not in an airport. Now they're ext- extending it, and it's becoming more inclusive. When in do the they United knock States. on your door? Yeah. You know, when do they knock on your door to look for the illegal aliens and uh, happen to look around for drugs or whatever else it is that they're looking for? They'll probably be confiscating uh, gold at that point. Oh, they'll be coming for that eventually. He says, in my case, as I approached your booth, I innocently gave the first officer who was manning the actual booth my wife and my passports. Cooperated with him more than he deserved by telling him I'd been in Mexico that day buying floor tile. However, instead of then waving me on my way as I had established citizenship with all the best of all documentation, a passport. He then asked me to give consent to him to search my trunk. I said, huh? And then the full impact of the stop hit me fast. We'll continue this man's story here in a bit, and we'll hear from you if you'd like to share your story at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Nothing can be gained from consenting to this nonsense of forced searches or coerced searches or intimidated searches, whatever you want to call it. This is a situation that exists all across the country. This is Free Talk Live. Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include the bulletin board system. We've got over 400,000 posts. There's an awful lot to talk about there, everything from serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all free over at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Now, spring and summer internships in broadcast and print journalism are available from the Institute for Humane Studies. They're looking for good communicators from all majors to place at daily papers and major uh, major media outlets for the spring or summertime. All positions are paid and include a career workshop as well as opportunities to network in major media centers like New York City, L.A., and D.C. The deadline to apply for an early summer decision is November 1st. Visit libertarianinternships.com for more information. That's libertarianinternships.com. I think it's a brilliant idea. I hope more people will go and get signed up for this. If you're in college or just fresh graduated from college you and you're interested in getting into broadcasting or into print media, get involved in this. And by the way, I happen to know, as you guys might know, uh, that John Stossel uh, derives many of his employees from the people who have connected with the Institute for Humane Studies. I didn't know. Uh, oh, people wow. who work on Stossel's staff, uh, one of his uh, uh, producers, one of his executive producers, is uh, is a former IHS alum. They, actually, wow. there are two or three who work there now, they're, and they're all great. 
very cool, and I think that people should get involved in this. It's a perfect opportunity to explore the world of broadcasting and print journalism, get paid for it at the same time, and meet some really interesting people. And then once you're done with that, you can move on, get yourself a gig, and maybe you can add yourself, your voice, or your visage to the the, the various different Liberty Media, perhaps, up here in New Hampshire. Oh, Instead of it just being Free Talk Live and uh, Gardner at uh, LibertyConspiracy.com and Free Minds Radio... Uh, that are on the air, maybe we could have ten radio shows instead hey, of just. Can you three. imagine if we had more free, if, uh, free, free market-minded people and were reporting in the news? Uh, just the past great. two weeks on this uh, ridiculous bailout thing would be uh, totally differently seen yeah. by so many people. I think it's so important. So libertarianinternships.com. All right, we continue with a story of a man who was stopped at one of these internal checkpoints that you'll find around the southern border. And from what I'm told, they're actually around the northern border, too. Probably not as many of them, but they are there. Uh, Internal, not on the border, but within 50 miles from the border, typically is where you'll spot these things. Some of them permanent, some of them temporary, some of them roving around. And anyway, in this one, they... Uh, they, they had convinced this guy, he, he thought he was going to do the good little citizen thing and tell them who he, who he was and tell them his citizenship, in fact, even handed over the passports, figuring that would make this problem go away. Okay, yes, we're citizens. Are you going to let us go now? Well, no, they didn't. After finding out they were citizens, they were then asked to give consent to search the trunk. I quickly shot back at him, says the letter writer, that I already went through immigration at Decatur, and I was, uh, and that I was not going to open anything for him. He repeated his question a few more times and then directed me to pull over to the side of the road, whereupon three other officers descended on my car. See, now, it, him asking again and the guy, well, him asking and the guy telling him no and then asking again, to me, that's a threat. What do you mean? Well, that's threatening. You, you're, the, the, the officer should not be able to allowed to ask again and again and again after you've told him, no, you do not have mm-hmm. my consent to search. Right. That's incredible. Well, he started losing the, the moment he answered the officer's questions up front. Uh, and certainly going and, dr- and pulling over as the officer demanded that he do. Is that an order, officer? Yes, it's an order. Well, if it's an order, you'll be liable for a bill in the, the amount of oh, uh, $500. Do you consent? <laughs> You know, you could you could come back with something like that, and he wouldn't know what to say to right. you. Uh, but anyway, ordering us out of the Put car, Bellevue. ordering us out of the car and to step away from the car and to sit on the bench. The other three officers each asked me to give consent to search my trunk, and I repeatedly told them no, that I'm a paid-up member of the ACLU, and that I'm refusing to give consent to search my trunk voluntarily as a matter of principle. Subsequently, the lead officer said that either I gave consent or he would bring out his dogs to smell my car. And I told him that he still didn't have consent to open my trunk. By this point, the officer's demeanor showed that he appeared hell-bent on getting into my trunk one way or the other. Officers Ward, Kennedy, and Via, Via Lobos then bought out, uh, brought out their phony scam sniffing dogs who ran around my car and then barked and sort of leapt up a few times while running around the car, whereupon the lead officer then declared that he now had the legal right to force open my trunk or to forcibly open my trunk and demanded that I give him my car key, and so I involuntarily complied, probably because he didn't want them to get out a crowbar. and Which they would have. Yeah. <laughs> The officer then searched my car as well as my trunk and undercarriage for about 10 minutes and, of course, found nothing of interest, as all I had in my trunk was a spare tire and a box of floor tile. Now, I don't know if the Border Patrol either got ripped off by whomever sold you the dog or, again, he was writing this to the Border Patrol, 
Or if the whole dog sniffing thing is an actual scam, where the dog barks at every car so the Border Patrol can pretend they have probable cause to search in every case, or lastly and more likely that the dog did not signal at anything at all by his bark and the officer was probably lying. Well, you know, know, at the same – the officers – Train the dogs in a lot of cases. Sure. These officers train these dogs. So, I mean, yeah, some some officers are going to train the dogs to alert on drugs. Some officers are going to train the dogs to alert on a signal. I wonder if it would be worth it or uh, you'd be running too many risks to actually have teams of people go in and try to take up as much of these uh, these Border Patrol agents' time <laughs> by saying, oh, yeah, pure, sir, well, you know, delaying and delaying, and then finally allowing them to search. So mm-hmm. act suspicious so that other people can actually squeak through. You that's know? a nice idea. I mean, for those trying to smuggle things through, that's an you interesting never know. idea. Or just allowing, you know, I'm, I'm perfectly in favor of allowing uh, illegal aliens to get past the Border Patrol because what the Border Patrol is doing is patently unethical and unconstitutional. By illegal aliens, do you mean free? travelers yes supposedly <laughs> illegal yes the free travelers yes free sir. travelers in yes. my case these agents also took my passports which i had on me and my california driver's license and then went inside and made photocopies of it all to keep for their files the officer in charge even sent the blonde female officer back inside with loud orders to copy all of the pages in my passport was this to somehow scare or intimidate me they refused, or excuse me, they returned our ids and passports and gave me my keys back and told us nonchalantly that we could now leave During the 20 to 30 minutes of our detention, I argued with the lead agent, I think it was Officer Ward, over what he was doing, and we bantered back and forth about the Fourth Amendment on search and seizure law, with him claiming that he took seven classes in criminal law in college. Apparently, he must have forgotten to take a class in civil liberties and constitutional law. (laughs) Also, in the midst of this, my wife then began taking pictures of the four agents while we were sitting on the bench, and it totally freaked them out, with them running over, yelling to stop taking pictures. I found out later by searching the Internet that citizens do not even have to give ID to you and that I don't actually have to even talk to you. So I apparently went way overboard in giving the Border Patrol my passport and driver's license and chatting with them about where I'd been and where I was going. From now on, it will be your problem to figure out my nationality, as I'm only going to say, am I being detained and am I free to go? And I suggest all motorists stand up for freedom and do the same and not even roll down the window when stopped by your agents. He says, I demand you conduct a full investigation of the details surrounding my stop at September 27th and that the, you discipline the officers involved. Well, good luck getting that to happen. Yeah, right. I also demand it's that a, you... It's a demand worth making. Well, sure. You, it won't hurt, I suppose. He says, I demand you return to me any copies of my identification documents that were made by those officers. I've already contacted the ACLU, plan to expose your un-American tactics on the Internet, and also plan to organize to, an educational campaign to inform people that they don't have to give consent for their cars to be searched or for their trucks to be opened or trunks to be opened and that the border patrol checkpoints are an anathema to a free society 1-800-259-9231 i agree with the sentiment entirely your thoughts your calls it's free talk live attention freedom activists if you're planning your move to new hampshire you know that manchester is the heart of the free state but finding an apartment when you're out of state can be a major pain in the you need prickle Prickle has apartment rentals designed to meet your needs. There's no minimum length of stay. They accept payment in silver or gold. And responsible firearms owners are welcome. To find your new home in the heart of Manchester's growing Liberty Enclave, log on right now to Prickle.com. That's P-R-I-C-L dot com. This is free. 
Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, click and download. They're yours free right there on the front page of the website at freetalklive.com. If you're thinking about starting a business, here's a word to the wise. Incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that could wipe you out. LegalZoom.com is fast and easy. They do all sorts of legal documents, patents, wills, trademarks, LLCs. Use code FTL to save $10 off your order. That's LegalZoom.com. 800-259-9231 to your phone calls. We go. Kenneth in Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Kenneth. Hey, guys. Guard, hey, hey guard, you rock. You're my favorite co-host. Man. Hey, thank you, Kenneth. Thank you. You I'm rock. You're my favorite very... caller so far. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's on your mind tonight, Kenneth? Well, I'm just glad that you're there once a week to, to inject a little bit of uh, history and knowledge into, into the show. Wow. Appreciate well, you that. know, i got to tell you, actually, I, I'm just here because Ian and Mark hand me things and I read them. So, <laughs> <laughs> so not true. So, yeah, thanks. Um, well, let's see. I called about uh, the couch enforcer deal, but I did have a comment on the drug-sniffing dog business. Yes, sir. Uh, and for those who haven't seen Barry Cooper's uh, video, uh, dogs, the poor dogs don't even know what they're doing. They think they're looking for their damn toy. Mm-hmm. And uh, they can be excited by their handler anytime their handler wants to excite them yep. and make it appear as though there's drugs there. That's really all there is to it. Pretty much. Um Barry Cooper has, uh, has a couple of videos now, actually. Uh, I mean, there's Never Get Busted, but the, he also has Never Get Raided, too. That's true. Right. It's well worth watching. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I just happened to have been on the line when this uh, this story was read, and I have to tell you that I had a very similar story. Really? Um, I won't go into the details of it, but I'll tell you very specifically that uh, I didn't have anything to the car in the car. The cop did not like that I didn't want him searching the car and called out the dog. I had exactly the same experience, except that the handler did not uh, make the dog um, get excited and yeah. claim there was something in my car. Well, it's a crapshoot, you know? You never yeah. know who you're dealing with and what sort of risks they're, they're interested in taking. Well, and of I course, thought I don't it was kind of really interesting that before they even sent the dog around the, the car, they had a little chat without me present. Hmm. And um, I have no doubt that they can decide before the handler goes goes to look at the car, whether they want the, the dog to uh, alert or not. I think by the time the handler had arrived, because they made me wait like a half an hour, 45 minutes, uh, I think by the time he'd arrived, the uh, cop had decided I was on the level and you know wasn't hiding anything from him and so on and so forth. Gotcha. Well, not that I wouldn't have a right to. Well, and, and don't forget, of course, that the, your tax money was taken to create this police force <laughs> yeah. that is there to protect you. I mean, the whole tautology of it is so ridiculous, and it's smacking us right in the face now. It goes all right. the way back to the very rationale for the existence of government. Once they can take whatever you got to create the police force, you don't have anything except a mafia. That's what you mm-hmm. got. Right, and you're only fortunate that they haven't completely uh, ruined you financially yeah, right. and freedom-wise. Yeah. Now, what I did call about was this couch enforcer deal. Yes, sir. Um, you've said many times that what you'd really like is for the supposed accuser, if there actually is one, to actually confront you and, and tell you, Jay, you know, like an adult, that what 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 she'd really like is for you to remove the couch. Yeah, I and, think that's reasonable. Uh, 
Well, I'm wondering um, how many people have you talked to in the neighborhood yet? Have you ruled out the possibility that there actually is someone? Have, have you talked to your neighbors and found out whether there's somebody who actually has a, a deal? Because that would make you look a whole lot better if you could say, you know, I've talked to everybody in the neighborhood. And <laughs> everybody's awfully friendly and doesn't know what the hell this is about. Yeah. That's an interesting uh, point. No, I have not spoken to anybody besides the neighbors um, whose couch it is. So right. I, I have not. Um, it's an interesting point. I don't know how difficult that would be. I suppose I could just sort of go back to the homes where nobody's home at different times and try to try to track down whoever it is that, that lives there. But there's, I mean, if I miss a house or two, then it's possible that it's those houses, and well, there's no way to really know for sure. I mean, and how far you, out do I go? I'm all for Ian going out and meeting his neighbors, but I think that if you go and go door to door and talk to the neighbors, for one, there's no, uh, you know, there's, there's no guarantee that the person you talk to at the door is any kind of decision maker at all. Um, you they know, could people, be renters. They could, yeah. Even but if it, it was renters, but it, it gives it, you a position of strength. You can yeah. say you talk to your neighbors. Un- understood. Okay, right now, you look like somebody who doesn't even talk to their neighbors. And he's not. I'm the kind of guy that, you know, <laughs> okay, I don't. Well, then you're guilty of what you say that woman's guilty. But I don't have any no, problems with my neighbors. He hasn't. He, he's People not. should know their neighbors anyway. I, I, I agree. I agree with that. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. I agree. People should know their neighbors. However, if you go to door to door and ask your neighbors, hey, should I get this old rotten, stinking couch that's sitting on my lawn out of here? What do you think that half of them are going to say? Oh yeah, that's I think half of them are going to say, "I didn't even know there was one." Because that's what some will else say that, said. but the others will say, "Yeah, you probably should get rid of that." You know, I'm just going around and taking yeah. a poll of people. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't care what you think if you don't if you don't have the guts if it's not if it's not worth it to them to come knock on his door. Then yeah, the door swings both ways. I, I agree. Mean, I agree I, with you that he should know his neighbors, and I agree that that minute. would strengthen his position. Mark. However, I think that um, likely you, if you ask people's opinion, you're going to get it. Now the the doors. <laughs> I think you're right about that, Mark, and and I also like to. Point Point out the door swings both both ways on getting to know neighbors. So I have not gone and uh, to introduce myself to these neighbors. I've su- I've smiled and I've waved as they've walked by with their dogs and things like that. It's not that I've been an unfriendly hermit. I'm uh, certainly more than willing to be friendly. But they have not come and introduced themselves to me. And the place I come from, I mean, you have to understand. I used to live down in Florida where people don't do that sort of thing. And uh, you know, I I still have that mentality. I, I'm not the kind of person who's going to wow. go bake up. You know, bake up a pie and take it around to all the neighbors and introduce well, myself. And if well, I was, yeah. the the last way I would do it would be to talk about the couch in the yard. It would be well, more well, of a friendly, "Hi, I'm so and so. Who are you?" And that's just not something I'm used to doing. I, I think I, I grew think, up in L.A. and my parents brought me up better than that. I think okay? the and idea, I grew up in L.A. The idea has some merit, I think, in a way, because you know I grew up in a, in a neighborhood where everybody knew each other and you know invited each other over for you know uh, barbecues or whatever, and uh, and um, I think uh, Ian Ian is right to feel a little bit uh, hesitant to introduce that subject, but there, it depends on how you phrase it, it depends on how you approach it. Uh, let's say you did phrase it in a, such a way as, where you say, "Hi, you know, I'm just checking around here, meeting some of my neighbors, and we just moved in, and uh, hey, uh, you know." Uh, is, uh, does that couch over there offend you in the midst of the conversation? You know, does it look weird or anything? That's possible. You, know, uh, you could do that. And then if they say yes, you could say, well, does that car parked over there that I have, uh, does that offend you or does that bother that you? 
sounds confrontational. Ex- I wouldn't be interested in. You could expand it. You could do all sorts of things. I think not even not even saying anything. You know, oh hey, you know, nice to meet you. Anything comes up, if you need anything, just uh, you know, give me a holler. I'm right across the street. I think you should know your neighbors, and I think that it gives it gives strength to the argument. That, look, I've talked to my neighbors all the time, um, but none of them have mentioned the couch to me in any of our conversations. I think that that would be as far as I would take that. I don't think that I would talk to the neighbors about the couch. Because How far down the street would you yeah. go? Would um, you just go to the neighbors? I'd like, go next door. What's your, I'd, go, I'd go right next door. What's your neighbor behind you's name? Yeah, if the, the only ones couple, you, you need to deal down. with are the ones who can see it. The people who are driving right. by it, it's... So what? Well, that's what I've been told. I've been told it's someone who's down the street, not someone who is actually within the vicinity. And my neighbors, my tenants, the ones I do know, they do know the neighbors across the street from them. And they have told me that uh, if, they, if those neighbors had a problem, they would have said well, something. Well, let's, let's but, say hypothetically that they say, oh, well, you know, this is reducing the value of my property. You know, it's like having an old rusted truck in your yard. How far away does it have to be before it's no longer going to be affecting their, you know, I mean, you could go, well, 20 miles back i passed by a couch and somebody moving in this area might think that I mean, how far does it have to be before these people are really not being affected in any way whatsoever by anything you're doing you know and and even in that case that's just the rationale that they provide i don't even think that's a proper rationale unfortunately the government people buy it with the whole well my valuation is going down because uh, your house is in disrepair and it doesn't look good and yeah. i'm living in a blighted neighborhood I, I think that stuff is bogus and in a free society you shouldn't have to be bothered with that you'd be voluntarily living near near people I'm, i might add that i actually have a nightmare house on my block okay um i've got a, a guy that that does zero maintenance on his house his garage door <laughs> has holes in it nice. he has eight Oof. foot weeds in his front yard he, he has the whole thing going and i talked to some of his neighbors and you know they're about um, 12 15 doors down around the corner from me and uh they all said yeah you know the guy across the street used to offer to, to mow his lawn, and he didn't care, so he let him. And then the guy across the street moved out, and no doubt he hmm. kind of, you know, made nice with him to try to make it as nice as possible Ken, before it's been a great out. suggestion. We're short on time. Got to move to other calls, but I thank you for the call. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're totally free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and you'd like to help support Free Talk Live, then we'd ask you to go shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link. Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase, whatever it is that you are shopping for. Even used items. Add them up into your cart. And also Gardner, Gold, uh, Gardner Goldsmith sells a book through Amazon. It's called Live Free or Die. So you can add that to your shopping cart. Guard will get a cut. Free Talk Live will get a piece. And Amazon will be happy, too. And you'll be happy because you'll get a great book. And we'll keep spreading freedom. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, load up your carts at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com and feel good because you're getting the brands you trust at great prices, free super saver shipping on a whole lot of items, and Free Talk Live is getting a percentage. Also, we invite you to FreeStateProject.org slash Liberty Forum to learn more about the upcoming 2009 Liberty Forum. It's going to be a great event. We're looking forward to attending. Gardner, I presume you'll be in attendance this year? Yes, indeed. I'll be there. Excellent. And, of course, Free Talk Live broadcasting live, meaning we'll have Gardner and a number of other people on the program. 
We'll try to pull as many of the uh, special guests that they're going to have at the Liberty Forum over onto the show, including Mark Stevens from Adventures in Legal Land. Really looking forward to meeting Mark. Will yeah. Buchanan's going to be there as a guest this time uh, from the Walk for Liberty. He's doing a fantastic job walking from Oregon to New Hampshire. And I think he just crossed into Wisconsin, if I'm not mistaken. I believe it was Wisconsin. Anyway, he's I haven't there. been keeping up. Uh, I've, I watch every single video that Will puts out, so That's I'm really, really looking neat. forward to seeing him there. I've seen quite a few of them, but... Uh, there's going to be a number of other folks there. Uh, John Taylor Gatto, uh, Angela Keaton, Anthony Gregory, Adam Kokesh. You can go and get all the details on who those people are over at freestateproject.org slash, <clears throat> slash Liberty Forum. And get signed up. Use this discount code for 10% extra off the already low early bird pricing, 2009 FTL. That's the code 2009 FTL. That again, freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. So, we continue with your phone calls about what you want. It's Mark in Ohio. You are on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mark. Hello there. Hey, what's on your mind? I got a question. These roadside, I mean these uh, road checks. Yes, sir. uh, Since they are so close to the border, uh, I wonder if their attitudes would change if they would get uh, some suicide bombers coming (laughs) across to where they would just blow them up right there. And I wonder if if their attitudes would get more softer towards uh, the people. Not a chance. In that Uh case. Wait, he's not done with his statement. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, man. Uh, no, go ahead. Go well, ahead. I was just going to say, in that case, uh, everybody working the the border checkpoints would be a martyr. Uh, they would they would uh, force more of our taxpayer money into the system, and they'd probably uh, even uh, clamp down even more in a fascist way on our on our rights and our liberties, giving us yeah. a national ID card. Violence has never really resulted in anything positive as far as advancing liberty is concerned. So I don't I don't know if you are actually advocating that. You I think you might have been just more curious. Just a hypothesis. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah uh, I'd be just, interested. To, you might have a different take though i'm curious on if it would uh would uh, soften up their attitudes i don't well, see it how hasn't it hasn't softened it up in israel yeah it would seem to make them more mili- uh, more militant and more dangerous to me i'll give you an okay. example look at uh what is it uh those two border patrol agents who shot that guy in the back yes. uh yeah. and you know they, they've become martyrs now and uh the neocons and even paleocons are signing up to say they were just doing their duty. They were trying to protect our border and stop drugs yeah. from being smoked. See, so, this is why go. we need more yeah. of this. We need more <laughs> checkpoints. We need more agents. Yeah. We need more money. So that's all that so would maybe, happen as a result. So maybe it, what, what, that might happen one of these days. So maybe they, they just ought to back down a little bit right now before something like that happens. Well, I see where you're coming from. You're suggesting that the more police statish the situation becomes, the more likely uh, an outcome like that would be. And I think you are correct about that. But knowing how government works, I don't think that they're going to be backing down. Thank you for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. Also, I think that uh, more likely the crackdown will um, will limit the freedoms in this country to the point that people don't want to come here rather than uh, us seeing suicide bombers. It doesn't seem it doesn't. I mean, try to imagine for a minute the suicide bomber that says we to have people, you know, free immigration across borders. That doesn't make any sense. The suicide bombers would sort of say, I want a free ticket to heaven, 40 virgins, and I want my mother taken care of financially for the rest of my life. <laughs> that makes sense for a suicide bomber. A suicide bomber that says, I want free immigration, free people should be able to cross free um, countries of free borders freely, or, you know, borders of uh, free countries freely. That doesn't, you know, it just doesn't make much sense. Mm-hmm. Toll-free number, 800-259-9231. So, Speaking of suicide... 
bombers, or at least a man that might look like one in a, on his initial appearance. Uh, the anti-terrorist is back on YouTube with a brand new video as of today. And I just uh, watched it a few hours before the program tonight, thought it was excellent. If you don't know, the anti-terrorist is a man from the U.K. who records videos wearing a black balaclava and sunglasses. So he's, uh, and he obscures his voice as well, so you cannot identify him. Uh, so he's completely anonymous. And he always has very interesting things to say. It's Ziggy. Yeah, really. That would be interesting. That would be cool. <laughs> uh, the anti-terrorist in this case was talking about, uh, was making some very interesting allegations, and some allegations that I had heard of in the past, and I didn't know really how true they were, and I still don't know how true they are, but I've looked into them myself. And the allegation that he made is that the governments of the world are private corporations. And he suggests that these private corporations, uh, they create statutes like, you know, speeding regulations. Well, we need to set these speed limits to this amount, and we believe that having these speed limits at this, these amounts will will earn us X amount of dollars every mm-hmm. single year. And they they take that and they present it to investors. He claims that the investors are bankers and that the bankers then uh, will essentially say, okay, that sounds good. We'll give you the money up front. And that they give them all this money up front in hopes that down the line on every speeding ticket the government gets in, they're paying, you know, they're paying their investors back basically. And it's a very interesting theory. And he says you can test out at least part of the theory by going to Dun & Bradstreet, which is a company that sort of rates companies. It tracks Companies is what they do. Uh, They track credit ratings and various different information about the various different companies that are out there. And he says, go ahead and type in your state or local or federal governments and type them into Dun & Bradstreet and you can pull... They'll have a Dun & Bradstreet rating? They have a Dun & Bradstreet number. They have a DUNS number. They're listed as private uh, corporations. So I took his advice and I went and did it. And uh, sure enough, uh, you can find the state of New Hampshire, you can find the city of Keene, you can find the some of the police departments, you can find uh, various different things. You can find the House of Representatives. They're all corporations, all with different uh, Dun & Bradstreet numbers. Now, would you, uh, sorry to jump in, Ian, yeah. would, you, would you consider them, since they're listed at Dun & Bradstreet as corporations, uh, probably because they're bonding all the time, whether it's your locality or your state or the federal government, because they're issuing bonds mm-hmm. and they need a bond rating. Um, <clears throat> I wonder yeah, that would if be there my is thought. a legal, yeah, if there are legal records on hand that actually show that they are in Incorporated because t- towns have been incorporated. They have been you know, incorporated. They have the signed, right. you say incorporated 1789, whatever. Um, so I wonder if you could find records of Congress being incorporated and things like that. Um, Probably so. If you go to DNB or D, the letter NB, DNB, Dun & Bradstreet, DNB.com, you can search and you can look for uh, the. the the House of Representatives or U.S. Congress, you can look for all those things and you'll find them. I found all kinds of stuff. I went and I looked at the uh, the city of Keene and they want to give they want to charge you twelve dollars and ninety nine cents to run a basic company profile report. But luckily for me, I was ready, I was ready to pay the twelve ninety nine just to see what it said. Luckily for me, it when I went through the checkout process, it said, well, you, know, you have to enter all your credit card info first so they know you're serious. And at the very end, it'll say, well, you don't have – there's not enough information on file about this company, so we're going to give you the report for free. Hmm. So anybody can go in and look at these reports. I did pay the uh, the $40 to get the credit evaluator report, and according to that, the credit evaluator report, the uh, de- the city of Keene is declining on their payment performance trend. Payments are currently 21 days beyond terms. Three months ago uh, – payments three months ago are 16 days beyond terms, and the industry average is nine days beyond terms. Now, they actually have the, the current mayor of the city listed as the chief executive. They've 
They've been in business for 134 years. They are a corporation. Line of business is listed as executive offices. Now, there is a headquarters for the city of Keene, and there are also several branch locations. And the branch locations are broken down into things like the fire department police and department. police department and various yeah. things like that. Yeah. It's very interesting stuff. I'm actually working up an article on uh, Free Keene about this and just to kind of put this information out there. So that's all tied in, obviously, with their expense reports, what they have to spend on their on their buildings, the the heat, the salaries of all the I people don't who know. work there. This is very interesting. I don't know why are they why are they um, corporations that that are essentially publicly traded or, or private. I don't know what I don't know about all the trading and how that goes on. I'm not sure. I I'm not a financial guy, so I don't really know what all that. Well, they're means. not publicly traded if they're not well, if they're, they don't have a, if they're not listed on the uh, Nasdaq. Okay, or, so they're not publicly the, traded, but they are private corporations essentially. Right. They're, they issue, they they're issue, municipal yeah. corporations. They issue bonds to service their debts. And that's where that that's why they're all. I think an individual could get it done in Brad Street number too. Yeah, but I don't. Should a public, you know, a public corporation like this have a Dun and Bradstreet number? What does all this mean? If you know more than I do, I'd love to hear from you. Hour two's coming up. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just three dollars a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number two of the program. You can bring up anything. Dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Still to come here tonight, Mark, you've got an email about financial troubles in Britain, and we'll talk about... Uh, we'll also talk well, about it's the whole world banking thing. Oh, okay. Well, we're mm-hmm. going to talk about Britain because they're taking over their banks, nationaliz- uh, nationalizing banks in Britain. We'll get to that. But your calls are primary. So we'll start with, I believe, uh, Annie is on the line in Texas. Annie, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, hi. Hi, Annie. What's um, on your mind tonight? I, I uh, just wanted to say how much I love the show, and I'm so glad that y'all, y'all do it. All right. Thank you. We listen to it every night, me and my husband. Well, somebody had to do it. Um, Might as well be us. Go ahead. Uh, I wanted to ask about the Free State Project. We sure. were kind of thinking about moving to New Hampshire. And um, we were also wondering about what plans y'all have about uh, making it through this depression, recession, or whatever, and getting away from the federal government in general. Like, um, oh, those are big you know, questions. canning food, gardening, <laughs> yeah. that kind of thing. Sustainability, sort of, I guess. Yeah, you know, I have uh, I've been sort of thinking about the idea of of storing some food, but I don't I don't really know much about it. I barely even I haven't really looked into it. I do well, have some ammo and some gold and silver, so hopefully that will come help me out if there's uh, some sort of right dire situation. Yeah, let's just sort of investigate all our apocalyptic dreams and things like that, all our all our fantasies about what would happen if the end came, my friends. Yeah. Well, a lot of people in the Free State Project are uh, very excited about this stuff. I, for one, am starting a garden, and quite a big one. I've got 11 acres, so when I say garden, I'm (laughs) going to be able to eat quite a few vegetables out of it. And um, So so go ahead. I don't know if that answers the question. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, so that was a fairly big question. I mean, uh, you started with a question about the Free State Project. What was that again? You were just wondering. Um, Just... Like if if there's anything that the the project itself is 
is doing towards that sort of thing, like so that they're no. That, uh, let me let me clarify something. Line. Let me clarify an important mm-hmm. point about the, the what the Free State Project is. The Free State Project is really nothing more than an organization promoting an idea, and the idea is to move as many liberty-loving individuals to New Hampshire as possible, have them get active. Uh, and become essentially activists for liberty in whatever ways they think is most appropriate. That's all the Free State Project exists for. Uh, it, it does not do anything else. I mean, it, yes, they organize the Liberty Forum. Yes, they organize Porcupine Freedom Festival. But the purpose of those two events is to promote the Free State Project and the idea of moving as many activists here as possible. So amongst all of but those activists... But once they get here, um, they, you know, many of them have found that that's the sort of direction they want to go. And that's really a big issue as far as locally grown and, and all that uh, uh, organic stuff around here that's a huge issue in uh, at least in the Keene area i don't know anywhere else in new hampshire so does that answer your question well, um sort of uh, yeah i mean i just thought it goes hand in hand you know with like alternative currencies and bartering mm-hmm. and and uh you know just trying to get away from needing their help and yeah they're looking you, more towards community you know as as a guy who lived in new hampshire and saw when they selected new hampshire as the free state project state the destination for people to come uh i i gave it some thought and there are a number of, of vectors that come into your your thought process here and one of them is okay we're going to get more people congregating in a similar area so people will be helping each other uh people will be trying to affect things politically people will be protesting as we've uh, heard many times on free talk live you have these various uh facets of the free state project movement in addition to that you say <clears throat> okay if things start to get very, very oppressive on the federal level, and I think we've reached that point a long time ago, uh, what sort of action can we take to seed ourselves away from, as, as Ian might say, personal secession, state secession, other types of things? Those are all right now very thrown up in the air, and, and, and you know, it's up to your own sort of thinking. As we gather more people here into the state, I think certain things will become manifest, and, and there will be certain natural outgrowths from people congregating with each other. Uh, we may see more conflict with police. We may see uh, changes in policy on the state level. Uh, we may see uh, media uh, recognition. And, uh, and we're already, sudden, already seeing some of it. Right. I mean, I, I would love to imagine to hear a number of years down the line the state of New Hampshire is talking about secession. Those types of things seem like pie-in-the-sky ideas. But at least when you get closer, you get here Uh, It all becomes tangible. I mean, I can say that from my experience, having only been here for two years and having seen the amount of activism increase just over the time that I've been here, I've been blown away by, uh, for instance, the amount of people that we had turn out at the the federal trials for Cat Canning and Lauren Canario recently was probably over twice what it would have been just a year ago. And we were talking, we were brainstorming today at lunch after we'd gone to the college to do a little bit of outreach, which is something that had never happened before. So we're seeing activism happen that has never happened before. And we also well, have already got all these ideas that are sort of brewing that we don't have enough people to do yet. Like uh, one of the ideas that somebody suggested was, or it just came, I, I don't even remember how it came about, but somebody suggested going to the courtrooms in these various different areas on a regular basis. So instead of actually only showing up when one of our people is under attack, having a, a crew of people go yes. to you know these yeah. arraignments and go to these trials and and sit down on for the judges and, and essentially uh, do outreach in the courtroom to the people that are there, really take that court thing to the next step. So there are a lot of next steps that can be taken, but we need more people here to organize and to put those things well, together. What I'm hearing from Annie here is, is uh, her interest in sort of agorism, independence from 
from the federal government, any any sort of government. There's a uh, lot of that up here. There's a great deal of it. Um, you know, um, when you when you think about people trading in gold and silver, that's cutting out the Federal Reserve and that kind of thing. But yeah. people are are trading. Uh, my wife is is you know kind of doing business with uh, Don Lincoln, who's uh, running for ran for state house here recently. You know, she's got an organic garden, and they're trading back and forth and that kind of thing. So hmm. there's a great deal of that kind of um, sustainability and agorism going on here. And you don't have to get into the firing. You don't have to get in the crosshairs of some, uh, you know, FBI sniper in order to do it. Is all you have to do is, uh, you know, get up here, get a little patch of land, and yeah. and hang out with the rest of them that, that are doing it. And I think you're right. I think that, and, and there's a lot of people here. I think um, that are interested in the idea of uh, secession. I think also, Annie, uh, the more people who come up here, I don't know what sort of careers you and your your husband or or uh, fiance is a husband that you have. Uh, oh, it's my husband. Yes. I, I don't know what sort of line of, of work you do, but I'm noticing already with uh, the, with uh, certain people here, our friend Jason Osborne and, uh, Jason Osborne and his brother, his uh, father at uh, SACL CAI, uh, business opportunities are starting to arise because of the interaction of free staters. Free staters are starting to do things in business with other free staters. They so tend as, to be preferential in that way. Yes, and I, I particularly like that because I've seen the Republican Party become... Uh, a rhino of oppressive uh, I think uh, insular and uh, interbred party here in the in the state of New Hampshire, and to think that uh, and what it has been basically is the growth of Republican businessmen and women who now use government for their advantage. Imagine a lot of people who were free state project minded who retained the principles as they if they decided to get involved in government, but they've got the strength of their businesses to help back them up. That becomes very very key as they get more involved. Involved in their towns if they want to, uh, running for local offices, trying to pare things down. As uh, more of the uh, more radical side, more of the protest side, people get involved with colleges and recruit kids to perhaps turn out at the courtrooms. I think you'll see a lot of things growing up. On and it's not side. just those two sides. Uh, you're also going to see other market-based activism start to bubble up. I mean, we've been talking about how it would be great to have some sort of competition for go- for various different government areas. But somebody purported over on the Free Keen Forum today a really great idea which is to essentially uh, pr- support those police officers that would have the courage to essentially stand up and say, no more. I will no longer enforce laws that, are, uh, that don't involve a victim. I will no longer be writing speeding tickets. I will no longer be arresting people for marijuana. I will no longer be doing anything that doesn't involve a victim. And to put themselves back into a peace officer role, and in order to help support those guys, if we can actually convince one of them to do it, you know, collect some money uh, on, a, on a monthly basis or something and send them a little token of appreciation – if they become a, under I attack, think, I don't if, think you can do that. If they become under attack, I can send anybody money if I want to. Uh, you, if they become under attack by their administrators for not uh, doing uh, following orders, then we could come to their defense and rally and you know uh, ring the phones of the administration off the hook. There could be all kinds of things that'd be done that we just haven't done yet. And I know we've been talking like crazy. I'm going to hang on to you here. If you've got more comments, we're going to bring you back here, Annie. More with you and your calls as well. Okay. If you're on hold, we'll get to you. 800-259-9231. I'd also like to ask Annie what it'll take to get her to sign up for the Free State Project tonight. 1-800-259-9231. You take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk 
Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free. 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. That's 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Gar. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. We've got the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo. And they prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. See what it's all about. Shrine.freetalklive.com. If you're remodeling your kitchen or bath, now you can purchase knobs and poles at wholesale prices and support a business that supports Free Talk Live. Internobs.com. Save 10% on your order by using code FTL at checkout. That's internobs.com, I-N-T-E-R-K-N-O-B-S.com. Friendly service and wholesale prices for knobs and poles at internobs.com. All right, 800-259-9231. Continuing here, uh, Annie had called in from Texas, considering moving uh, as part of the Free State Project. Had a few questions. Wanted to make sure we'd uh, satisfactorily answered them for you at this point, Annie. Go ahead. Um. Yes. Yeah. I had one more question. I was um, just thinking that the Free State Project kind of puts itself out there, and uh, I was wondering if y'all aren't worried about, like, another Waco situation. You know what I mean? Like them being intimidated by you. They are intimidated. I will and- tell you this. Uh, they are intimidated. We were in the tar- the trial for Lauren Canario recently, and the prosecutor was begging the judge for the maximum sentence so he could send a message to the rest of the what he called the New Hampshire underground. The the, ma- the maximum sentence was 30 days 30 instead days. of 15. And so they wanted to send a message, and to me that says that they're quite frightened of what we're doing here. However, as far as it being a Waco-style response, that's not possible because there is no Waco-style place. There's no, no compound. compound with a bunch of free staters living on it. You've got what are essentially uh, several hundred people that have moved here at this point that are living all across the state in all manner of different living situations. So the answer to that is absolutely not. Uh, I don't expect that to happen uh, because nobody is uh, no, nobody here is really agitating violence either. Not that uh, Koresh was necessarily agitating violence, uh, but things are a little bit different today than they were back in uh, the mid-90s. And if something like that were to, uh, even if there were to be sort of a showdown situation, which there was actually, uh, as of, let's see, was last year when the Ed and Elaine Brown household decided to stop. They uh, weren't free staters. They were not free staters, but they were supported by a number of free state project members. And the fact that Ed and Elaine Brown managed to hold out for almost an entire year in their own home as they were being visited by countless people that wanted to come up and visit them, the the whole entire uh, situation was uh, there for all to see across the Internet. Uh, but even Ed and Elaine Brown was were fairly isolated because they were up in Plainfield, New Hampshire, where there was virtually no cell phone coverage. Uh, the Internet was dial-up. And so all, even despite all of those restrictions, Ed and Elaine Brown had a tremendous well of support show up and literally some people were camping out at their home they were throwing parties they were throwing concerts uh this this is not something that ever would have happened on the waco compound back in in 1994 so even if something like that were to occur it would play out completely differently than before because we have so much uh we have so much information at our fingertips and again ed was a crazy kook and he did brandish weapons around so even despite all of that it turned out well they got arrested but it could have been worse but it was Parties took a lot more time. They were a lot more careful because they knew there was a lot more attention on them and that around here there are other forces that uh, would respond. And they didn't want any sort of They were very cautious. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, does that answer your question? Yeah. So yeah, we're not off. we're not too concerned. Uh, if we were concerned, we'd probably be cowering in our uh, former 
basements of our former locations. Of course, there weren't any basements in Florida, but cowering in our <laughs> back rooms and uh, waiting for the end to come. But we're here because we're ready to stand up for freedom, and we're not too uh, frightened of what the consequences I don't might think be. you're going to see anything like that. No, anymore. I don't think so either, and especially as more people start to come here and the ideas become more and more popular. I mean, if they're going to do something like that, they should have done it like a couple years ago, but they haven't done anything yet in that way. So I'm not too concerned. So what would it take to get you to sign up tonight? Um, well, we're really seriously considering it. We um, have a few loose ends to tie up, and I have a, a seven-month-old daughter, and so it's a little bit harder to move around for sure. sure. But we're we're in the process of, of figuring out what we want to do, and New Hampshire is like at the top of the list. Right. Might I make a suggestion? Uh, mm-hmm. and as soon as you figure out what you want to do, go ahead and sign up for the Free State Project because it's just a statement of intent. You don't have to have your t- loose ends tied first. You can sign up for the Free State Project and become a, a signer, which essentially says that you intend to move XYZ, and you can put different parameters on your intent to move. Uh, but that doesn't say I'm going to move tomorrow. It says we intend to move, and you put all the parameters on. Then you can start tying up your loose ends and get here to New Hampshire. Look forward to seeing you, and thanks, Annie, for the call. Appreciate hearing from you tonight. It's kind of like buying a ticket to Hawaii, too. Um, you know, you think about your vacation that's coming up. You're, you're sort of living, you know, buying the ticket makes it tangible, makes it real. You're living into the future of yeah. my Hawaiian vacation. Um, and so... you got to make it happen. Yeah. That, that, that's kind of what signing up for the Free State Project's about. And, you it's know, I was thinking, step. guys, uh, one of the things that, that strikes me about this is that, you know, there are a lot of resources, freedom-oriented resources in every state. Uh, but here in New Hampshire, as more free staters have come, all of these things have have grown. Whether it's in the Keene area, or mm-hmm. if you have you have people like Dennis Goddard and Irina uh, up in the Concord area, people in Manchester uh, gathering out on the seacoast, they've been doing things. So you know, regardless, if you can't picture these things in your mind because you're outside the state of New Hampshire, um, we're starting to see that there are a lot of great intellectual and inventive resources that are coming to New Hampshire. Uh, there'll probably be new think tanks starting up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really uh, it's going to be a real locus, a real center, I think, for not only uh, individualist movements, but individualist scholarship and, and intellectual camaraderie. Yeah, and it's also kind of fun being in on the ground floor. I mean, yeah. you, you can be here in the beginning and sort of get settled and become one of the, the old school uh, Granite Staters instead of one of the newbies that finds out about <laughs> it five years later after we've already created all these wonderful uh, networking opportunities and groups and things like that. And it is really neat watching it all spring up and watching all the brainstorming happen and the synergy that results from all of these like-minded people actually getting together in the same place and taking their conversations off internet message forums where they're living hundreds of miles away from one another and they're actually you can actually go down to the bar at the end of the week and, and hang out with 15 people because there's just that many people around that will come and hang out and talk about freedom or whatever else you want to discuss. So it's really an amazing you 25 this weekend, didn't you? Uh, no, we weren't. That was last weekend. It, okay. it, fluctuates. it fluctuates. Um, you know, and, and I think that if this liberty message works, um, if it's if if it's the right message, and I believe that oh, it, it is, is. Um, and. You know, if we manage to get enough people to move, and I'm I'm relatively certain that that's what's going to happen. I think that things are happening here already. Um, from my point of view, the free Liberty Works and the Free State Project is working. So I think there's going to be a certain amount of bragging rights at some point in life to be able to say, yeah, I'm one of the first 1,000. Yeah, we were there. One of yeah, absolutely, I agree with you. Let's go to Dan, who is in New Hampshire. You are on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dan. Dan. Hey, you guys should not forget about the fact that there was a pretty strong Liberty contingent already here before the uh, Free State Project was uh, started. I hope I didn't uh, make it seem like that. That's one of the reasons that uh, New Hampshire was picked. It was strong, but honestly, Dan, it was losing ground. 
Uh, well, yeah, because we had a lot of Massachusetts people moving right. up, but some of those Massachusetts people, like myself, uh, were actually moving up here because of the liberty nature, sure. you know, the, the lesser taxes. I mean, this is the only state in the union that does not have either a uh, income or a sales tax. So, I mean, that. Hang on, Dan. We're going to bring you back more with Dan here in moments. I think the music scared him a bit. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring out whatever you want if you just dial the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, they're totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com, and the features include the wiki with over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com. Get interactive, W-I-K-I. .freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full orb approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. All right, we continue with Dan on the line in New Hampshire. We were talking about the uh, the Free State Project with Annie, and Dan had a, a, a great point to make, and that is that New Hampshire already had a very liberty-oriented kind of culture. But as I pointed out, the liberty people in New Hampshire had been losing ground prior to the uh, the genesis of the Free State Project. And Gardner, I mean, you've been here. You've seen yeah. it happen. As Dan pointed out, these uh, people from Massachusetts moving in, some of them who want to live more free, but the rest of them who want to sort of co- copy Massachusetts up to New Hampshire, yeah. they were outnumbering the liberty activists here. But what I have seen from my two years of living here, at least out here in the Keene area, is that the liberty activism on the, on the part of the Free State Project members has energized some what had been dormant uh, liberty activists for uh, that were New Hampshire natives. And I would say that some of the best activists that we have out in this area are New Hampshire natives. Toby and Nick on Free Minds TV, New Hampshire natives. Uh, some of our guys at the – there's a new guy at the Keens, uh, Keene State College. He is a New Hampshire native. He was out at our pro, uh, protest today. Out at, we went out to – I guess Howard Dean was speaking at the college there. And we all came out with signs and held them up in the windows outside because it was a windowed-in room that he was speaking in. So all the audience could see the signs. Handed out a bunch of flyers to people. Uh, again, one of those guys was a New Hampshire native. And we've just been uncovering all of these great activists that up until the Free State Project had been completely dormant and hadn't done anything. So I think that's been, uh, the, to me, that's been the most important effect is that bringing these New Hampshire natives to the world of activism, maybe, or bringing them back, depending on who they are, but bringing them into the world of activism is, I think, great because then it can't be, you know, we can't be accused of being, oh, it's just those Free Staters. They're coming in here doing all this stuff. Well, yeah, no, it's know. not just the Free Staters. It's like Rocky, what was it, Rocky Four, Rocky Three. 
or whatever when Apollo Creed came back and gave Rocky a support. <laughs> Rocky was down, and Burgess Meredith was like, come on, Rock, get back in there. You know, and uh, Apollo came out and said, yeah, man, thumbs up, and it gives the power back. So, Dan, your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I agree that we uh, we have gotten energized by by you all moving in here, and I thank you very much for that. Uh, we were we were underground. We were definitely not terribly active. We were, we had uh, meetings amongst ourselves, and you know we were uh, hushed uh, tones. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, it wasn't. It was just. You know, uh, well, the, the, started, we, we felt uh, very much a minority. It started and, to uh, feel we're hopeless. Still a minority, but yeah. at least I think we're a much more vocal one at this point. There, there was also the uh, things we were talking about earlier about the uh, ICE uh, checkpoints. Mm-hmm. You said, uh, you know, down in the, the southern border as well. Actually, Rochester, New York has a nice checkpoint. Yes, I did acknowledge there were a few of them on the northern area um, border yeah, situation. I, I don't I, think there's as many. And I have uh, been on uh, bus rides uh, from here out to the Midwest. Uh, one of them, actually, I got went out and saw Brian Wright. I don't know if you remember him. He uh, wrote the New Hampshire Chronicles uh, He's still in Michigan, but he's uh, getting getting himself ready oh, to great. move out here. Well, you uh, know, he the, has the actually one... taken an address here. But uh, uh, the other thing uh, that's happening is that you know, on buses they they stop the bus in Rochester at the station there, mm-hmm. and uh, a nice guy comes wandering on and is uh, oh, wow. you know wow. going through the bus uh, asking you know what what's your citizenship? What's your citizenship? That's some scary stuff, yeah. Dan. I'm glad you shared it with us, and I thank you for the call and, tonight, uh, sir. Thank you, sir. 800-259-9231. As we continue, uh, Adam is in New York. Adam, you're on Free Talk Live. Adam? Hey, guys. How's it going tonight? What's on your mind? Well, um, I called in because uh, I just want to give a little background. I'm a Free Talk Live listener. I listen to the podcast. I've been listening for a little over two years now. Excellent. Uh, About a year ago, I guess I decided to become an amplifier because I I, I thought it might be a good idea. I figured you provide me 18 hours of entertainment a week. I may as well shell out a few dollars. Cool. Thank you for that. Big deal. Uh, you know, and then a few months ago, after I, I sort of secured my job uh, here in New York City, I make a, a pretty decent living. I decided to up the ante a little bit, and um, right now I donate about twenty-five dollars a month to the show, and I and wow. I, I think that's great, and it's, it's nothing I regret at all. And this is the Adam that bought us dinner when we uh, went to New York City, right? That would be me. Okay, excellent. Hey. Excellent. Um, I'm I'm a I'm a huge fan of the show and I, and I and I you know I'm a Free State Project member. A couple of years from now, I'll be heading up to New Hampshire. Great. Um, but what I, I called to talk about is um, seeing what Ian and Mark did a few weeks ago with the, uh, the St. Jude's Children's Hospital donation, uh, getting people to sign up for the Free State Project. Yeah, yeah. tremendous, tremendous. Yeah, you know, I, I thought that was it was great. I, I, and seeing the results, and you know, you guys talking about the number, the rate of signups increasing pretty dramatically when people saw that. Not only their money, but someone else's money was going towards the cause. Uh, it adds a little uh, incentive there. Yeah, so I sure. thought, I'm going to take that and translate it over to the Free Talk Live amplifier program. Oh, wow. Um, like I said, I already amplify, but um, I, I, you know, and every, every few weeks I check back. I check the little uh, graphic on your website of how many signups you have and everything, and this right. steadily goes up. I'd like to see it go up a little faster, though. So what I decided to do was, sort of do what you guys did a few weeks ago and, and say that I'm going to match uh, any new sign-ups. I decided on a window of about a week. I think that's a pretty reasonable thing. What? Um, I think you're crazy, it, personally. I think <laughs> you're, you're absolutely insane. 
<laughs> I, I, cool. You know, I've got, I've got the extra money. I can't move right now, but hey, I, it's I, just you, money, you know. right? <laughs> when you've got extra money, it's just money. That's a great idea. Well, you so, know, and it's sitting in the bank. And now hold on a second, Adam. Wait, wait, wait. bills in the bank aren't going anywhere. Let me see if I'm uh, let me see if I'm understanding you correctly. What you're saying is people are gonna uh, the people that amp within the next week. Are we starting it tonight? I'd say we'll start tonight. Let's say midnight. Okay, so the people that amp, uh, let's see, up and th- up until uh, what the end of the uh, next Monday is that? Would that people be correct? Who sign, new amplifiers signing up for the program. New amplifiers between now and don't next you do Monday. amplifiers on Friday? I do process them on Friday. Yes, maybe maybe just maybe this whole week. Maybe we should just do this week. Maybe you should go run till Friday. Yeah, that would make the most sense. So if, how about that? Let's we just do. make it five days because I don't want to sure really thing. hurt you. Uh, so so <laughs> they're going to come out of the woodwork. They are going to come out of the woodwork on you. And here's my concern. Uh, let me make sure I'm clear clear on this. You're going to match the total amount on a one time basis. You're not going to like sign up as a new. Let's say For we get a hundred. Let's say months. we get a hundred dollars in brand new contributions this week. You're not going to sign up as a hundred dollar amplifier right you're just going to send me like a one-time hundred dollar contribution no i'm going to sign up and donate per month what everyone okay, you within are the next crazy. five days decides to give per yep. month yep certified i want to see more certified money crazy. more money going to free talk live and i want to see this message get out to more people now wait okay Thank here's you, another question wow. what about people that cancel their amps this week well that what, can we take off a few bucks <laughs> for the people that cancel because every week there's somebody that cancels you know their the budget gets really tight they have to cut something they cut amp so that stuff does happen so should should we knock that that amount off? Or are you only going to accept the well, people he was signing gonna, up? That, I think that's I think that's pretty accurate. He was going to look at the total, and if so, if the total went down, then then you know that would have been. Uh, well, I mean, I'm not going to decrease the amount that I'm giving as a no, result no. of whatever happens this week. Don't worry. Um, I, I was going to say I, I want to let have Ian come, you know come up with a total for new signups. Uh, let's let's say let's be optimistic here. Let's ignore anyone who takes away. I don't want to encourage any negative. All right. I'm, there, I'm trying to give you outs here. I'm trying to give you opportunities to save a few bucks because I have no idea what to expect out of a, this. This is a pretty wild dynamic. I don't either, but I know there, there's a lot. You know, there's a lot of listeners out there listening on the internet, listening some six days a week to the complete show, and maybe they're on the fence. They don't want to amplify. It's only three dollars. What am I going to do? Well, it's up to six dollars now. Your three dollars is giving six dollars to the show. So Damn. Adam in New York is going to match. Every single dollar contributed within this week's period of time. So if you sign up for AMP this week, Adam is going to match that at, as the at the week as the week is over. And hopefully you'll call us back at the end of the week and we can talk about what the results uh, have been. Dollar for dollar, you're matching dollar for do- dollar every single person that AMPs. Dollar for dollar, I'm serious about this. Adam, That's you are amazing. amazing. You are incredible, and really I hope dedicated. this doesn't really uh, bank you know bankrupt you. <laughs> I don't know what to expect, so we'll find out. Yeah. Thanks for the offer, and we'll look forward to talking to you at the end of the week, okay? Thank you, guys. Thank you, Adam. Have a great night. Wow. That's a man who's that's, putting his money where his mouth help. is. Wow. Well, if you so, believe it, you believe it, right? I'll tell you more about the Ant Program here in a bit. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Gard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. And those features do include the AMP programs we were just discussing with Adam a few moments ago. The AMP program is a great way to help Free Talk Live get on more radio stations around the country, bring more Internet listeners on board. The AMP program stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And that's the idea. You send in three bucks a month. We take that money in and reinvest it into the show, getting on more stations, bringing new new ears to this program. And because of Adam in New York City this week, if you 
pledge three dollars with AMP, Adam's going to bring up an extra three bucks and throw that into the pot. So pretty awesome. Talk about spreading the word. You know, we were talking during the break about how uh, you guys appeal to so many people to spread the news about freedom. Younger people particularly are attracted to your show. And it's Mm -hmm. such a great thing to think that a guy like Adam down in New York uh, can can leverage uh, some of what he does in a way that maybe he couldn't do down in the political world down in New York. Oh, no There's way no in way. hell. What would $3 Adam, do? Oh, I mean, it's going to be more for, more than $3 for him, but what yeah. would a few bucks do in the, the political scene down there? Not a damn thing. It would be a drop in the bucket, but for us, it can help us leverage and get this message awesome. elsewhere. So if if you've been waiting for a reason to amp the show, I think Adam is a – that's a really pers- he's got a really persuasive reason to get on board now. So please go to amp.freetalklive.com, and don't forget the other reasons to do it. You get access to perks like the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, more. There's all the details there. Get signed up. Any major credit card, PayPal, alternative options. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com and get on board. And you know this whole AMP, uh, Adam calling in with his idea about this, it's another great example of the synergy and the brainstorming that can result. We were talking about this earlier in the hour right. when you get these like-minded people together in the same place. You know, we, Mark, you'd come up with the idea originally of pledging, uh, having matching pledges going to uh, when the people sign up for the Free State Project, we would send money to the cancer kids mm-hmm. at St. Jude's Hospital. I'm sure you got that idea elsewhere, the old idea of just matching contributions. But the fact that we put that out there on the air encouraged Adam to come up with his own sort of twist on the idea. And now he's thrown that out there. I mean, it's just yet another example of how one thought leads to another thought leads to another thought. And one idea leads to another idea. And, and again, when you're in a close proximity and here it's on the air, but in New Hampshire, it's in reality. When you're in close proximity with other like-minded people, wonderful ideas that you never would have been able to think of on your own all of a sudden just start bubbling to the top. Yeah. Especially with a, with a program like the one that you do and, and Mark does together with you, Ian, you guys are a great team. And to think that you can take what people pledge to promote the show so that the ideas that people hear on the show can be heard on other new radio stations around the country. And I know, you know, I know from personal fact, having sat in with Julia, when you guys are off on trips to try to promote the show, that's what you do. You promote the show. You work hard. It's nose to the grindstone. That's what you do. And it's all not just for your careers, but you have a philosophical and ideological reason behind this. Right. Well, if this was about a career, then we wouldn't be here because the career, this career didn't pay anything for four years. Sure. So, well, right if on. it was, if, and if it was about a career, we'd, we would have either been uh, a synd- at least one syndicate, if not more than one, sniffing around, wanting to take the new new guys on and, and that mm. kind of thing. And we would have moved to New York City or L.A. And you would have or, had control. Right. That's and, true. And, and we would have been turned over to uh, likely a program director that would have said, Ian, you're nuts, yeah. and we're not doing it your way, which I've said many down. times. However, um, yeah. he doesn't listen to me. Yeah. He would listen to his boss if he was getting paid quarter million dollars a year or going to get fired and then have to you know, rebuild Free Talk Live. So I wouldn't even listen to Julia if she said that. <laughs> Well, yeah. I, I I know. Right. They'd, be like, they'd be like, guys, guys, we could get advertising from such and such campaign. Just tone it down a little. You know, one of the things when we went and actually met with Adam, who called a few moments ago in New York City, he was so nice to reach out to us, say, hey, I heard you're coming. I would love to take you out to dinner. And so, well, of course, awesome. you can buy me dinner. Great. Hey, sure. <laughs> yep, there's Mr. Cheapskate. And it was it was a good it was a good time, good conversation. And uh, but but the reason we were there was because the AMP program sent us there. Uh, we went because the AMP program 
and pays for us to go to these radio conventions. And the radio convention that I think is the best, because we've actually cut one out. We used to go to two per year. Mm. Now we're only going to go to... Yeah, we're big time now. We don't have to go to both of them and kiss kiss shoes. (laughs) Well, the one was just so bad. We talked about why it was so bad. It was just all politics, and it really wasn't about the industry or anything like that. But So we went to Talkers. It's Talkers Magazine. It's the biggest uh, media media publication in the talk radio industry, probably the only one. And they have a yearly thing in New York City called the New Media Seminar that was uh, it was actually my fr- was it was it our third one Mark yeah that we went to it was only our third one and Michael Harrison the publisher of Talkers had already invited me to appear on one of the panels there so it was a really big appearance for Free Talk Live this year which was great uh, but most importantly being at these things it's it's wonderful for us because it it puts a face in front of these program directors yeah they've been seeing our ads and Talkers over the years so they've you know they've seen us they know who we are they know that we're big enough to be able to advertise next to the big dogs like yeah. you know the Neil Bortzes and uh, this, these other major syndicated hosts. Yeah. Uh, and so they know we're up to that level, but actually getting in front of them in person, that it just makes a difference. And you you make absolutely connections it does. with people. You know, any salesperson is going to tell you that face to face selling is going to be is more effective than over the phone selling. But it's not which like is we're more there selling. Than, it's not like we're there well, it's hard not, selling. We're anybody. not selling in we're the just sense that people. sign here. Yeah, we're but just it, meeting people. We're just being real people, and we're there just yeah, to to yeah. say hi and to meet the people that are interested in meeting us. And so one of the people that I met there. Everything in life is selling, my friend. This is true. You're always selling yourself. That's true. Um, but I meant selling, as in you were trying to get a, a contract signed. I don't have any contracts with me at these these shows because I know better than that. Anyway, the uh, there was one guy that I met at the, I think it was even the last party that they had right before we were leaving. Long haired dude uh, from a radio station in Virginia, and I, I'm not going to announce which one it is at this point. But I've got a signed agreement from the guy now. Oh. And if I hadn't have met him at the Talkers convention, this radio station would not be on board with us at this point. We got and a seven, so, basically got a seven-station group out of uh, the, the, the last one last year. Yeah, yeah, That's great. Essentially. It took a while to, to, to make it happen. But well, this yeah. took a while, too. I mean, here it is uh, September, and I guess the one the seven-station group took longer. But And these things do take time. But what I'm pointing out to the listeners is this AMP money really does help us out. Because if it weren't for AMP, I really wouldn't be able to afford to go to these conventions. And then we wouldn't get as many radio affiliates, and then the growth would be a lot slower. And so really the number one reason why we're going to have a brand new AMFM simulcast coming on starting Saturday night, hopefully we'll be able to announce them then, mm. is because of the Free Talk Live amplifiers. So it's because of those of you out there listening to this program, sending that 3 bucks a month in, that we're getting on these stations, period. There's that's another great. station I talked to today uh, in Louisiana that's looking at picking us up six nights a week. And I had a real honest conversation with a guy down there. He said, look, we're in the Bible Belt. You know, I, I'm really concerned about your show here. I don't know if we're, you're going to be offending people. And I said, I, I had to be honest with you. You know, there's a chance people are going to be offended by Free Talk Live. We sort of went through some of the things we've talked about. And I told him that if we're talking about sexual issues, we're not pandering to the lowest common denominator. We're talking about it on an issues basis. We're not right. talking, you know, we're not playing uh, dirty kind of skits no, exactly. or anything you're like that. We're not bringing it's not like in a, strippers with yes, a Right. Live it's not the morning zoo rock show. No, it's yeah. not that kind hey, of show. You're right. So, well, if this guy says yes and he comes on board, then the re- one of the reasons why he's coming on board is because we're going to send him a satellite receiver. Now, that's a $2,000 satellite receiver. Yeah. I can't afford that. I don't have enough money for that, but the AMP program does. That'll help. And so, again, this next station, if they come on board, or rather when they come on board, will be on board because of the amplifiers, because otherwise we, we just wouldn't be able to afford it. Well, you know, so yeah. thank you to everybody that amps this program. Yeah, and, and remember remember what you just heard from New York, and uh, boy, and if you come on board now, it'll be, it'll be matched. Yep. yep. All right, so uh, we go to... Oh, 
you know, I just have to say, yes. watching you guys, you know, I come from a local radio station here that just finished my show a couple of weeks ago, so I'm going to be trying to send my stuff around searching for something. Uh, and, and But watching the way you guys can make connections with everybody in this way uh, really is, is terrific. I'm starting, starting to see a taste of that over on our website myself. We were talking about it off the air. And, and for people who, who do contribute, uh, if you haven't contributed yet to the AMP program, uh, you really do. It's a totally different atmosphere once you become an amper, and and you get to know people personally. It's it's a really cool thing, and you're all ideologically saying to yourselves, "Wow, I, I've got kindred spirits here, and I'm even closer now." It's awesome, and I felt a bit of that over on our website. You know, I when <laughs> that contribution word just it just rubs me the wrong way. Yes, somebody who uh, goes from three dollars a month for as an amplifier to five dollars a month is contributing because they're essentially getting the same thing for more money. Mm-hmm. Um, but the person who's amplifying at three dollars a month, you get the word silver next to your name on the BBS, and Good you get point. to add it to the silver category on the uh, the list of amplifiers. They're contributing. Um, <laughs> whereas the person who's who's uh, starting amping at three dollars a month is essentially doing the right thing. If you're listening to the show eighteen hours a week, and you've been doing that for a year and you believe in the message of liberty and you're not amplifying, it's because you're lazy. It's because you haven't stepped up. It's not the $3. And you do get good perks. The, the, the perks are good, so but it's not really like even a if you don't use the perks. Fun. I mean, yeah. I probably would never memorize the uh, number if it was given to me. I'd probably call in on the old call-in line. If I were doing all these things, I just wouldn't take the effort to go, oh boy, the BBS, the amplifier forum, uh, uh, the, the chat room. I get to watch, you know, I, the, the video, I, the cam, I get to watch two guys talking on microphones. None of those things would matter to me. But to me, if you aren't doing it you haven't you, you just you haven't taken the time thanks for going on with that mark now lynn has to wait through to hour number three we're going to come back with uh, lynn who's waiting uh, patiently in colorado also bill and terry have been hanging on we're going to get to you guys here us uh, 800-259-9231 is the SACL cai toll free line normally we don't do the amp infomercial during the radio program but more on the way you can take control this is free talk live hour three coming up You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with the very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized a contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online from my desk with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try. Free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. WebEx.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three of the program. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com as we start things out here by going right into your phone calls. Lynn is on the line in Colorado. Hello, Lynn. Hello there. How are you? Hey, just great. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I had a friend call me because he was listening earlier and said that uh, you had brought up the 
uh, Dun and Bradstreet listings of all the county and state offices. Mm. Yeah, it's all very interesting uh, to me. What's that mean? Well, (laughs) what it means is under under the federal code, the United States is a corporation, and Mm -hmm. everything linked to it is also a corporation. And it goes all the way down to the sheriff, the district attorney. Um, You can find every office listed when you start looking through it. And what what gave us occasion to look for it is <clears throat> we had done some research and um, there and knew that there were liens that were sold on prisoners. Oh. Okay, well, what what actually happens is they're called mortgage-backed securities. And when somebody goes to prison, the prison is a warehouse and they're simply a, a case of beans that's been assigned to the warehouse for, for a certain amount of time and for a certain value. Now, what will happen is if you go in and start looking up cases in some of the western states, including Colorado, you can go to, into Fidelity Investment Fund into something called Active Quote, and <clears throat> the cases are all there. If you put in a case number, you're going to find the fund number that it's been sold into. It's going to have a QCIP number, and a QCIP number is an international number identifying monetary instruments. Why would someone want so, to sell a prisoner why, or sell the security of a prisoner? How does that? What, what's the motivation to sell it? Why does the United States have more people in prison than all the other countries on the planet combined? Well, it was my because understanding it's that it's an enormous money maker. Well, well, it's a reason. It was my understanding that the more people they have in prison, the more they increase the budget of the prison bureaucracy, and uh, that was coming from taxes. But you're saying there's something more going on. How is there's it? There's something more going on, and they take every case. And as soon as it's logged in, it it is assigned a number. And like I said, in the case of uh, Colorado, it goes into Fidelity Investment Fund. So let's take a scenario. Let's say somebody has committed a felony, uh, according mm-hmm. to their their show. Okay. And it's a fourth degree felony at a hundred thousand dollars with a top um, sentence of three years. Now, you have something that is a monetary instrument. Here's a mortgage-backed security, and, and what the security is, is the individual. The, um, the case is sold, all right, if it's $100,000 and it's a three-year sentence, they're going to go out if it's, if it's uh, unseasoned paper, like in the money markets with mortgages, they're going to discount that. And so they can now discount it to, <clears throat> let's say, $60,000 uh, at 18 months instead of $100,000 at three years. And what you're going to find is the corresponding time the prisoner spends in prison, in halfway house, on ankle bracelet monitoring, and on parole will exactly match However, that case was sold. I, so I guess what so, I still don't understand, and I want to walk. I want you to hold my hand through this because I'm no financial sure. expert, and it sounds like you've done a whole lot of research on this. What is it that the uh, who is buying these things, and what's their interest in in purchasing them? 
I mean, if they're creating well, these... Well, if, if you have a financial advisor and that advisor tells you you ought to have uh, 25% of your portfolio in blue chip stocks and you ought to have another percentage in this and you ought to have another percentage in mortgage-backed securities and you ought to have another percentage in this. Now, let's say these mortgage-backed securities all got bundled up and sold in the money markets as a bundle. Now, let's say... 401k plans, retirement plans, insurance plans, uh, mutual fund plans are going out and buying instruments with some type of, uh, you know, a time frame and a value to them. You're not going to know in your 401k, maybe you have 20% in mortgage-backed securities, your assumption is going to be that you've invested in some bricks and mortar. Right. Wait, but okay, I see where you're coming from. But what is it in the why, why is it in the prison's interest to let's presume it's the prison bureaucracy, that particular corporation that's doing the selling here? Why is it in their interest to do that? Is it because they want all the money up front? They want to, like you said, it's a hundred thousand dollars for the guy that's going to be in there for three years. Well, because the county is going to sell it, and you know, are you you know what fractional banking is? Right. right. Yes. All right. Now the state can come in and sell the same value many more times. So they're trying to the leverage. Fed, they're trying to leverage yeah. the promissories of uh, what is owed to them for these fines, for these different uh, infractions and the sentences. And uh, right. what you're and saying is the they prisoner, bundle them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wait. Okay. I don't. I still don't understand. In, Wait. Hold on a second. Lynn, Lynn, can you hang up for just a second? Gardner, can you explain sure. that to me in, in English? Because well, I, I don't. I'm not a financial expert, and I don't really yeah, know what it, all this. Yeah. It seems to me that uh, you know we were talking a little bit earlier about how uh, towns and so on incorporate so they can sell their bonds. Uh, oftentimes they don't bring in in tax money what they need in order to say build a school or do all these different types of things that they want to do to to aggrandize the state. And the bond so, is something where they will promise to pay back right. at a later date because they're expecting tax receipts in the future. Right, exactly. And these receipts, in this case, the receipts are the receipts for the fines that are levied against uh, people who are convicted against particular crimes. And I think what needs to be factored in into that is um, the prison sentences of people are obviously an overhead cost. And so if you're taking this as a corporation, this is another revenue stream for them. Uh, if I get the the impression right from the call. Correct. And I, but wait a is minute. That, is that correct? Yeah. 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 Let yeah. me see if I'm understanding you. I want to keep rephrasing here so I can make sure I'm processing sure. this correctly. You're saying that if you've got this person that's going in for for three years and a hundred thousand dollars, and Lynn, you suggested they'll discount that as they sell it out. So they sell it out at sixty thousand dollars instead of a hundred thousand dollars. Somebody buys that for sixty thousand, expecting to earn money on that down the, down the line. Is is that the idea? And it's it's just so like it's, any other bond. There's a there's a there's an agreement to yeah. pay off after a certain amount of time. You can get you can get municipal bonds. But if I'm the buyer of the bond, right. you're going to pay me back more than the sixty grand that I. I paid in, right? Right. That's but the, the idea? And exactly. Well, but, but the immediate need for the town is that, you know, they'll say, we'll pay X amount, per, X amount in interest on these bonds. We need the money now. And so municipal So that's bonds why are, they do it then. That was what I was getting at yeah. earlier. The reason they do this instead of waiting, because if it was $100,000 a year over three years and they got $33,000 a year, right. then they would make more if they just waited. Mm-hmm. But you're saying, guard, because they're money-hungry bureaucrats, they can't wait. They want to sell the 
prisoner out as a they want to essentially bond. I don't know if it, uh, bond is a verb or whatever. They want to create this little security based on the prisoner to get sixty grand in right up front, right. and then out you know down the line they pay out the full hundred grand to whoever it is that that bonded up front. Is I think that that's, the idea? that's a pretty reasonable way to say. I Am mean, I she understanding might be able this, to express Lynn? that better, Lynn? What do you think? Well, I I think so. And then if you'll also look at at it as the fact. Now, now take the same instance, only this time, let's say, you bought a $100,000 property. Well, you bought a property with a $100,000 mortgage that you committed to. Now, when, when the mortgage was funded back to you, there was a, a triple funding that happened, and you only received the face value of what you signed the promissory note for. The bank had no money to loan until mm-hmm. you signed the note. Correct. They create the money now from they went thin out air. And sold it. Right. Yeah. Thank you, Lynn. I appreciate all the. I, I really appreciate all the expertise. We got to move on, but I, I thank you for that. It's an interesting conversation. One I, I think I barely am just being able to grasp, and it's fascinating the idea that these governments there may be a little bit more going on behind the scenes than most people realize. It is apparently more than just taking in tax dollars and paying for programs. Uh, there's a lot more going on financially. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And if it does turn out that the governments really are indeed private corporations that are sort of have, have their officers elected publicly, then can we really withdraw our consent? More on the way. Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, and they include the archives. We've got an entire year's worth of the show. Front page of the website. Click and download. They are yours, if you want them, free at freetalklive.com. According to the Computer Privacy Handbook... Normal Internet technology is uh, the most comprehensive surveillance system ever inventive. Put a stop to email snooping with an easy-to-use email alternative. PrivacyHarbor.com because normal email is not secure. That's PrivacyHarbor.com, and you can get a free email account there to try it out, and, you know, if you, it'll stay free. It's not going away. All right, so the toll-free number here is 1-800-259-9231. I'm going to continue with your phone calls, but Gardner, you and I were discussing during the break something I thought would be a point of clarification that I think is important to bring on here. And not that you and I, either of us or anybody here, really has a full grasp, I think, yet on what it is that Lynn was getting at and yeah, when, yeah. what it is the anti-terrorist is getting at in his newest video, which you can see. I'll, I'm probably going to post it later tonight at freekeen.com for people that, that want to see it, but otherwise you can just go to the anti-terrorist video channel on YouTube. And the idea, I think, that Lynn was getting at was that the prisoner, the three-year prisoner at $100,000, I think it sounded like she was suggesting that that was something the prisoner would pay, but that's not, I don't believe, what she was suggesting. I think that was the amount that it would cost to to house that prisoner for a three-year period. And the idea was that they wanted to get as much of that in up front. The bureaucrats want to get as much of that money in up front for whatever reason, just probably because they're fiscally irresponsible. I mean, they they know that the money's going to come every single year, but they want it then. They want it now. So they sell out that prisoner. They they essentially create a security interest or bond or whatever it is you call it. I don't know all the terms. But they create that at a, at a discounted rate, and they tell whoever it is the bankers are, the investors, that, hey, you buy this at uh, $66,000, and then three years later we'll pay you 100 
$100,000. It may not be that kind of a, a split, but it wasn't the, the fines that a prisoner would pay because they're not reliable. You can't rely on the prisoners to do anything. But yeah. you can rely on the government's tax man to keep coming in with money every single it year. It depends. Some states uh, have prisoners working um, at, at businesses. That's uh, true, and instance, that's got to be extra money for a friend, them. A friend of mine uh, worked in, in South Carolina. He worked to him uh, some kind of plastic extruding. He made uh, lawn furniture. So he did it for right. years. Some prisoners, uh, there, some prisons don't. There are a couple factors in here that are a little fuzzy to me. First off, for example, if you've got a state that uh, has to expand its prison system because they've got so many prisoners, they're housing too many in one prison, they want to open up a new one here mm-hmm. in the state of New Hampshire. They've been talking about this sort of thing. Over in Keene, they're going to be opening up a new facility. Oh, great. We'll have to get the ribbons out. Um, but uh, they oftentimes will budget a certain amount for the building of it, but they will issue bonds. The state issues bonds for mm-hmm. large, large projects. I don't know if that's part of this uh, because they, she seemed, Lynn seemed to be discussing this as a, as a factor of the number of prisoners that they're bringing in, and she did mention fines. Now, if you're looking at it strictly in, in that viewpoint with a frame around only those factors, then you say, okay, the state is counting on X number of prisoners, X number of fines based on certain types of, of infractions. Uh, how many of those fines can they actually rely on being paid back? Because this is not like you've got investors with money. A lot of these guys don't have any money. Mm -hmm. Uh, And how much does it cost to house these prisoners for overhead for the state? So if you're looking at these as like a revenue stream and and you're saying, okay, we need to leverage this revenue stream just strictly on prisoner fines. uh, We're going to issue bonds and we're going to tell people who are buying the bonds, yes, these bonds are secure at such and such a level because we've got X or Y revenue stream coming in from these prisoners. We can show you historically this is what it is. I could see that as a, as a functional, although I think unethical and, and highly dangerous. It wouldn't be the first time they've the done something unethical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that as functional. The other stuff gets a little murky and fuzzy for me, so I don't really know how well, to look at the it. The anti-terrorist original suggestion in his uh, recent video at YouTube was he was giving the example of speeding tickets. Yeah. So he suggested that in those areas, most people do pay because you're talking about small amounts. Sure. You know, you're talking about $100 here, $75 there, $150 here. And so he suggested suggested that what goes on is essentially the legislator, the, that corporation or whatever, will uh, will will propose a new law that will result in, you know, like a seatbelt law. Okay, well, let's, let's get the seatbelt law here in New Hampshire so we can start finding people. Oh, no, we're really going to do it to protect you. You know, they know that the money's going to come in because of that seatbelt law. So essentially they estimate what amount of money might come in on a yearly basis based on that seatbelt law. Right. They go to the investors and they say, hey, we're going to make this seatbelt law. Uh, will you go ahead and, and you know, purchase this uh, from us up front? And so the, the banks will say, all right, well, we'll give you, a, a, you know, $5 million for that right now, and you'll get of us ten million dollars well, down the line. You know, this is a scary prospect because every time they add some other law that will allow the state to impose fines for infractions, it's like a company pr- coming up with a new product. Exactly. So that they can then go to their investors and say, "Hey, we've got more. You know, it is buy our bonds." Yep. And so we're all playing the game because we're continuing to consent to all these government rules. When it, if what the anti-terrorist says is true, and again, I don't know if it's true. And as he says, check out his claims. You know, he he's the first person to encourage you to check out what it is that he says uh you know if that's if that's true then what you're what we're dealing with here are private corporations and nobody would would allow mcdonald's or walmart or anything like that or any other company
companies like that to behave in the way that the government is behaving, but yet, you know, the government has these uh, scary men with guns, with guns that are willing to throw you in cages. Right. But I just think that if enough of us stopped putting up with it, they wouldn't be able to cage enough people fast enough in order to, and, and of course, eventually, if you cave, cage enough people, the economy starts to hurt, and then people can't pay taxes anymore. Anyway, my point is that non-cooperation, I think, could really solve this issue. It's just a fascinating uh, mm. aspect uh, the, of government that most people aren't aware of, if it's true. Anyway, we need to continue with your calls. They're rolling in here, so let's go to Bill in Oklahoma. You are on Free Talk Live. Hello, Bill. Hello, guys. Hey, what's on your uh, mind? Well, um, going along the same uh, topic, uh, I, I was thinking to myself, okay, if uh, if what we're dealing with are a bunch of corporations, are we not, in fact, uh, part of the investors? We're the ones that are supposedly paying uh, the property tax itself. No, tax. you're not. You're not. That would make you an investor. That would make you a revenue source for the government right. to pay back you, its original investors, which are allegedly, according to the anti-terrorist, are, are banks. Right, but if we're bankrolling the government, shouldn't we have a say of what uh, of, of such laws that are being passed? I mean, you uh, do, and that's why you I'm, get to go and vote for representatives and stuff, right? No, I'm talking about bylaws. In, in, in a corporate setting, if I go and I top down, let's say, $1,000 for Google, I have the right as a stockholder, uh, a share member. But you of aren't that a share member. You're not, you're not a stockholder in the, uh, the corporation. You're not an investor. You're, you're a revenue once I, source. Once I get that stock, I am now a uh, investor of that company. I have rights. But do you have part- invest? Do you have stock in governments? Because if you don't, then you're not an investor. That's what I'm trying to get at. If we are funding it, just, just, wouldn't that just wouldn't that give us the equal say? No. When you go to Walmart, uh, you don't get a stock when you buy the product off the shelf. You don't shelf get to there. vote at Walmart either. And uh, well, you vote when you a, go or not. A share, uh, you vote. Um, it, it, a shareholders vote or don't vote. Okay, so basically, what I'm, what, in a sense, what uh, what this basically boils down to is I'm being forced to pay for a product or service that I don't want. This yeah. is correct. You are being threatened by men with guns to pay for products and services that you don't want. That's how the government operates. And you can hear them. They call what they do business. They'll say, we have no further business today. They use the term business all yeah. over the place. It's just that their business is apparently a funny business involving men with guns and threats. But I think that if enough people started to say, you know what, I don't want to do business with you people anymore, and that would completely change things. As soon as we stop seeing this government as legitimate and start seeing them as a business that is employing men with guns we need to respond appropriately to that more on the way thanks for the call it's free talk live this program is brought to you by freekeen.com freekeen.com features audio video and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard freekeen.com this is Free Talk Live. You bring up anything, just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those, including live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show, dial-up version, webcam, all over at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen freetalklive.com. Get the inside scoop on football betting from Ted Murray and find out about rape defense from self-defense expert Kimber Johnson. 
all at uh, paladinpodcast.com. That's paladinpodcast.com, and it's a service of Paladin Press. You can browse over 900 books and DVDs on topics such as personal and financial freedom, Second Amendment issues, self-defense, and more. Remember, paladinpodcast.com. As we continue with your phone calls, we go first to, uh, we'll go to, uh, I think this might be Gene, excuse me, no, this might be Glenn in Missouri. Is this Glenn? Hello. Hello, who is this? Uh, this is Glenn in Missouri. Good guess. All right, Glenn, what's on your mind tonight? Well, uh, you wanted me to call back and update you on the forum I participated in at a local high school on lowering the drinking age to 18. Yeah, do tell. Yeah, uh, well, there were there were five of us on the panel, and uh, I was representing libertarians and another libertarian representing uh, those interested in lowering the drinking rate, 18, a uh, professor from a local college, uh, defense attorney from MAD, and a retired state highway patrolman. Okay. And uh, so they started out and, and uh, you know, gave us all five minutes to open our remarks with and said, you know, please keep quiet, no applause or reaction until the very end of the forum. So the professor started and spoke for five minutes, dead quiet. <laughs> I got up and spoke for five minutes about freedom and mm-hmm. liberty and non-aggression principle and you own your own body, et cetera, et cetera. And the place broke out into applause. When wow. I got awesome. Very cool. And uh, then the other libertarian spoke. And when he got done, it broke out in applause. Nice. And then the mad guy from Mad spoke dead quiet after he got done. <laughs> <laughs> then the state highway patrolman spoke, and I was confused because he got done and it broke out in applause. Hmm. But I found out later that the teachers prompted the students to clap. Oh, <laughs> I see. They were just following orders at that point. Yeah. How yeah. did you? So got the, Go ahead. So I was going to say, how did you get the opportunity to to, uh, to give this presentation? Well, the um, there were some young libertarians that started you know, over a year ago an effort to get on the ballot initiative to lower the drinking age. Oh, that's mm, really cool. neat. So I got invited and, uh, to. Oh, go go ahead. Sorry. And uh, and this kind of got prompted by the Amethyst Initiative, which is uh, over a hundred college presidents and chancellors who are advocating to lower the drinking age. Oh, right, I remember that. Yeah, and and it would really help because uh, the university securities forces are all they're they're just overburdened all over the place trying to uphold these ridiculous uh, drinking age. They should be out investigating laws. rapes and vandalism and yeah, stuff. It's, it's absurd. Well, you know, I, I was thinking I had an analogous situation where uh, a friend of mine is a high school teacher in my town, and he invites me over every year to talk and uh this year i went over that's great yeah it's really cool and and i actually spoke to him a little while afterwards uh, ian and he said you know I'm, I'm getting closer and closer to your philosophy guard and it's like great thanks mike it's inevitable good guy and it was it weird is because it really is uh, it's all you have to do is uh, you have to hear it consistently yeah, yeah 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 exactly and uh <clears throat> but what was so funny about it guys was that uh, you know, I, I talked about nobody has a, 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 a stake on your body. Nobody has a claim on you and self-ownership, things like that. And they posed a lot of questions. And in the end, you know, the kids come over to talk to you afterwards and all the kids come over to talk to me. And it was like, wow, this is really neat. 
and the statists are just standing up there looking yeah, all lonely. Yeah, the Republican and the uh, and the Republican actually was was a little close to my philosophy, but they asked to do it again. He's uh, lying. To repeat I, it. I've heard I've heard Republicans talk like that before. As yeah, a matter of fact, they lie. I, I I believed them for a long time. Yeah, right. But they're full right. of crap. Yeah, I, really. I I realized at some point they don't that they're back lying. It up. Yeah, yeah, I think it's right. great when people get to do these things. And Glenn, I'm wondering, uh, do you have any more sh- stories you want to share from your experience? Oh, besides? oh yeah. Okay, please. Got feisty at one point because I talked about prohibition and how it doesn't work. And so the state highway patrolman, a real authority figure, mm-hmm. you know, who spoke to the students, um, you know, he, he mentioned how, oh, how great prohibition worked, how it reduced drinking and how it reduced health oh, problems and everything. So I responded and talked about how it created a black market for alcohol and all the organized crime problems, and it led to people like Al Capone. And, and the highway patrolman, you know, made a snide remark then. He said, oh, Al Capone was just a movie. What? Oh, wow. Sorry, I, I was in his Nimrod. cell in Alcatraz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and one of the students called him out on it. One awesome. of the students nice. out of the audience called him out and said, hey, no, we studied that in history. That was a real person. Oh, man. Now, perhaps some of the, uh, maybe what the, the gentleman was alluding to was that uh, a, a great deal of uh, the, the crime, you know, the shootouts that went on were, uh, you know, dramatized. Not, yeah, dramatized. But that doesn't mean that the crime wasn't dramatized. Right. I mean, there was still a people great s- deal of bootleg liquor going on. and Yeah, still got shot. They'd have killed you over yeah. it. Damn right. Yeah, yeah, he was a prohibition denier, you know, yep. uh, is my term for Hilarious. Uh, he was also advocating for the drinking age to be increased to 25. <laughs> yeah, I bet he made some friends. <laughs> wow. So, and what the, else? One of the students called him out on that and uh, got up and, and, and said, you want to increase it to 25 when the law at 20 wasn't keep alcohol out of the hands of students and and he asked the student body, well, how many here could go out and get alcohol? And, of course, everybody clapped their hands and everything. Uh. <laughs> and, and so the the uh, the students, you know, were calling BS on, uh, that's on that awesome. state highway patrolman. As oh, they should have been. Because it was. What else, Glenn? Anything else you want to share? Well, that's that's pretty much it. How, what uh, happened at the end? I up on uh, YouTube. Oh, at, you really? Uh, YouTube.com slash Missouri LP. Oh, okay, oh, okay, yeah. okay. YouTube.com slash Missouri LP. Yep. All right, cool. I'm going to take a look at that a little bit later. I think it's great. When people go out and they record their activism, it makes it much more valuable because then other people can experience it. Those people who perhaps may not have been able to attend can also experience. Our listeners can go and see the whole thing. Uh, So that's YouTube.com slash Missouri LP. What happened at the end? Did you also experience what Gardner has experienced, and that is a lot of uh, youngsters came up to talk to you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of youngsters came up and... uh and you could just tell that, that we connected with them. You know? that, Especially and that they, part where you called them youngsters. <laughs> he didn't call them youngsters. Well, I, 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 I that was the to them as young adults. Yes. Yeah. They like that better. But, uh, yeah, yeah. But we, we connected to them, and, and, uh, and the authoritarians didn't. Uh, so that worked out really well. Good deal. Uh, so we're, we're real pleased with it. Fantastic. I thank you, Glenn, cool. for the update tonight. Keep up the good work out there, and uh, don't hesitate to call us back the next time something else cool happens. Always good to, no- to hear good news coming from somewhere outside of New Hampshire. So. It, it, it is, and I, I've got to say I'm excited about it. I'm glad to hear it, and uh, there you go. We're talking about activism going on in some other state because it actually happened. Right. Oh, so we continue here with your calls. Steve is on the line in Colorado. Steve, you're on Free Talk Live. 
Um, well, I was going to do my impression of that bulldog guy, but I didn't want guard to <laughs> jump up out of his chair. I do a pretty good impression of him too. This is uh, the, the guy that uh, replaced Gardner in his on his old radio show. He used to be the yeah. producer. He was my so-called producer. Look, go ahead. Yeah. Give, give us an impression. Go ahead, real quick. <laughs> Uh, well, let's see. He used to say, uh, guard would introduce him. He'd say, my main man. And the guy go, Bulldog Brian Telton. It's <laughs> a pretty accurate guard. Oh, pretty yeah. And, and the funniest thing was he was so starving to get in the air. I've spoken to some people before about how, you know, I don't really care whether it's my voice or somebody else's voice on the air. As long as the message is getting out to people and it's and it's correct, it's historically correct, it's ethically proper, it's 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 principled and 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 it pushes freedom and individual liberty. I don't care whether it's me or somebody else. Bulldog was a different different factor. He liked to hear his voice, and so if I introduced him on the air, and if I said, "Hey, how you doing?" He'd introduce a topic. Like, before I would even start the show, like, oh, I'm doing better than those people in Baltimore, did you hear? I'm like, oh, no, I can't even. I just planned for three hours, and now everything's completely out the window. So thanks, man. That's funny. Steve, what else you got for us tonight? Well, uh, in the process, well, okay, well, let me back up. Some, uh, and when I was in middle school, I learned that um, George Washington, uh, upon being elected president, was asked, well, sir, how should we address you? And being very humble... Said, You'll well, tell us in a moment. Hang on, Steve. Sure We're going to bring will, you yeah. back here in a few moments. More with Steve and your calls as well. Got enough time to sneak you in. If you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231, only moments remain, but just enough time for your call. Again, 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call if you make it now at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. Join us on our website. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, then you can go and shop with us at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. But you can also shop over at Newegg. If you've got computer parts you need to buy, Newegg is the source for computer parts on the Internet. And now you can buy them through Newegg.FreeTalkLive.com, and FreeTalkLive will get a percentage of your purchase. So do all your computer parts shopping over at Newegg.FreeTalkLive.com. As we continue here, Mark, how are we doing on the voting, by the way? Can you check on We're that? number one. We're number one, but are we number one enough? We are not number one by uh, the, the stated amount of margin? 50. Yeah. Okay, so we still need votes, too. So please go to vote.freetalklive.com and vote for your uh, for our show this month of, of October. It makes a big difference for us when you do so. Again, that's vote.freetalklive.com. Let's continue here and talk to, I believe we've got Fred on the line in Illinois. Fred, you are on Free Talk Live. Fred, Illinois. Going once? Fred, yep, yep. Hello, hello, Fred, hello, hello, there hello. you are. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, real quick, uh, this is something that... Uh, has not been talked about in the financial markets over the last uh, two to three, four weeks, foreign currencies around the world are collapsing. Mm-hmm. Which ones? Go to x.rates.com. Just dial for dollars. Uh, the Danish kroner has gone from 4.60. I thought that was the, uh, uh, I thought that was the Icelandic uh, currency. Nope. They're all collapsing relative to the U.S. dollar. It is happening all over the world. The, uh, the Australian dollar has just free-fallen from one 
1.01 up to 1.54. Well, isn't this because isn't the reason for this because their banks are now also pumping out the currency essentially because the U.S. bank central bank sort of took the lead and pumped out a bunch of a uh, bunch of money into the money supply, so they inflated the currency, and then it, therefore it, it, here, the other here, the other central banks are following suit. Here, here's the theory: the whole system is fiat worldwide. That's right. Okay, so when you have small little islands of fiat. The, the virus, the impact, gets hit first and more fiercely in these smaller countries. So what has happened, there seems to be a massive flight to the dollar. So we have raging inflation accompanied by foreign currency collapses all over the world right now, right as we speak. That's the only right. three currencies that are not collapsing is the uh, uh, Chinese yuan, the Japanese yen, and the U.S. dollar. Mm-hmm. Every the euro dollar has 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 declined substantially since uh, my wife and I were in were in, in were in uh, France in uh, in April, and the rate was like one point five seven one point six zero. And you know it's and, incredibly fraudulent to hear these people come on television. I've been watching the same things you have, and they claim that oh the dollar is strong. Uh, the dollar is still weak, and it's only strong compared to these other the depreciating assets. It's like comparing one patient in the yeah. cancer ward to another one. Yeah. These inflationary fires and these foreign currency collapses, it's like they're heading our way. Mm. So it's like, you know, you're in a forest. You can see the fire way off in the distance. The fact is the fire is coming our way. The people fleeing the fires. They're coming into the U.S. dollar. They're coming into the Japanese yen. They're coming into the uh, right. uh, Chinese yuan. But it, it, it's it's fiat. It's inflation, and uh, it, it's uh, it can't last forever. Yeah, no. it can't last. No, I thank you. So. I just, Thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from right. you. Yeah, Ian, also, we've been discussing this a little bit. Uh, one of the things that I hope people will recognize is as they hear uh, various conservative talk radio hosts, are, and, and they're not doing a terrible job on this, but they could do a lot better, uh, saying that, you know, this is, uh, the, this is an unprecedented takeover of the U.S. banking system. First of all, uh, it is not unprecedented because roosevelt did this it doesn't make it any mm-hmm. better uh but it is uh, it is a, to a massive scale now so you could say the scale is unprecedented uh but also this is a worldwide now interconnectedness between treasury secretaries of various countries who are now making decisions themselves without any sort of oversight, no oversight right. they've been granted this powers in in unconstitutional fashion here they're in gonna the buy Euro. banks they're gonna buy parts of banks in this country exactly. and in the, UK. in the uk one of the stories we didn't really get to tonight was the fact that they uh they are actually nationalizing and, and that is completely taking over at least three different banks there and all of the branches of course in uh, in the uk you know, maybe right. we'll have a chance to get to that i want to get to gene's call he's been waiting patiently here gene on the line in tennessee on the amp line hello gene Hi, I want to clarify some things. Uh, okay. uh, the other day, I made the Christian anarchist prediction of what's going to happen, what I think is going to happen, and of course, it uh, it doesn't sound good. It looked uh, I'm predicting a total collapse and uh, a return, a changing of this country into a third world nation, a collapse of the empire, just like the Roman Empire. But uh, some people called thinking that I was predicting or that I was wishing this upon the country. Of course, I don't wish this at all. It's just uh, I'm looking at reality. But I did see that there are three possibilities or four possibilities to this election in the uh, cult uh, process of electing the cult leader in the United States. (laughs) And there are uh, 
three of those will make no difference at all, and that is whether Obama is elected, McCain is elected, or whether Bush suspends the election and becomes emperor of the uh, of the cult. Either way, you wind up with the country is going to collapse and go into a total econ- uh, economic failure. Mm-hmm. There is one possible option, and this is that the election doesn't take place until December 15th. Most people think that it takes place in November, but that's not fa- not true. That's just when the popular election takes place. The electors meet on December 15th, and they're the ones who select the president. This now, is true. If, uh, if a convoluted series of events happens between then and now, such as Obama is disqualified because she's not because he's not a U.S. citizen, McCain croaks or becomes uh, totally insane, like uh, when he said that we're all you know we're his fellow prisoners. Uh, <laughs> I saw should, that you know. clip. Did you guys see that? No. Yeah, wow. McCain was doing some sort oh. of speech, and he actually said, "My fellow prisoners" oh, to people. So anyway, if something like that were to happen and both of those become disqualified between the election and the time the electors meet in December, the electors are free to elect whoever they wanted to. If by some miraculous conclusion they came to the uh, they came to the conclusion that they wanted Ron Paul as president, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's going to happen. The only scenario that will change the outcome of what's happened of what is to come because he's mm. the only one with the common sense to attack this in the correct manner. Well, Otherwise, I'm not keeping my fingers crossed on that one, Gene. Yeah. <laughs> Good riddance to it, I say. It's time to secede and get the hell out while we still can. I thank you, Gene, for the call. Well, I, I don't want to. I don't want to see the empire uh, fall because a lot of people are going to lose a lot of money. I'm hey, what do you know? That's how the way. That's the way the cookie crumbles. Hey, uh, by the way, uh, we're looking for libertarian <laughs> nice students and recent graduates interested in careers in movies, films, animation, or video game production for spring, summer, and fall internships. All positions, and I, when I say we, I mean not we, but the libertarian uh, libertarianinternships.com and the Institute for Humane Studies. All positions are paid and include, because if we're going to have an internship here at Free Talk Live, you ain't getting squat. <laughs> You're not getting money from us. So you need to go to libertarianinternships.com because not only do you get participation in a career workshop, networking opportunities in major media centers like New York City, L.A., D.C., free novels, academic works, tuition, travel assistance, a $2,000 stipend for a 10-week-long internship, even a housing and travel allowance. You just can't get that in most broadcast or media internships. So head over to libertarianinternships.com, get signed up uh, for approval, and get more information there, Libertarian internships.com so guard i mean briefly what do you know about what's going on in the uk with these banks being completely nationalized Ziggy says it's not nationalized uh well okay here's the deal he's, um, he's our man on the ground over yeah there. gordon brown uh, and uh, and uh, the us the uh, the uk government uh they've got our, an emergency refinancing deal that they've struck and um and it's, it 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 looks like it could be voluntary uh, but I'm not sure about this. Uh, here's the report, and in fact, uh, Drudge Report had a story. If you hit it, if you hit one of the links off of it, the Times Online had this report that it said Gordon Brown called an end to the days of overblown city salaries today as he pumped 37 billion dollars of taxpayers' money into the partial nationalization of three of the country's biggest banks under the emergency refinancing. The three banks participating in the scheme, Royal Bank of Scotland, uh, HBOS, and Lloyd's TSB, have agreed to scrap boardroom bonuses for the current future or for the current year and tie future rewards to performance. Nor will they pay out any dividends. Oh, isn't that nice? Nothing like being a free market investor and, and someone and actually thinking that you're going to get something back. Um, so anyway, nor will they pay di- dividends until the government's interest in preference shares has been fully repaid. So. So the government's claiming they're going to back out? 
Yeah, essentially what I what I see here is that they're going to be lifting their their bad assets like they've done with here in the like United States with uh, WAMU and things like that. They're not going to be reselling them. They're going to be lifting the bad assets, and they're not going to allow them to pay off dividends. Right. We all know that the government's going to get in, and they're never going to get out. They, they're talking about how they're going to get out. I don't believe they're going to get out. That's just the way things are. Government they don't just get keeps out expanding. much. Yep. All right, That's we're done. Benny in here with you. And Garth. And Mark. Back tomorrow night. Join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.